Yo, 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 what is good Outside the Box podcast fans? It's KB. Yeah, a little bit different of an intro here. We're going to pay the bills, but I'm going to inform you guys on the the deets of this episode. Uh, so on today's episode, episode number 149 of the Outside the Box podcast brought to you by Underground Sports Philadelphia, the big news of all big news was dropped on our heads on Wednesday as the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League, announced a merger with Major League Lacrosse. Went full-blown Jeff Probe survivor mode. Drop your buffs. We've got a merge. The Boston Cannons are going to rebrand as Cannons Lacrosse Club and become the eighth team in the Premier Lacrosse League. And it, it, this is a, a revolutionary day for the sport of lacrosse and myself dom is back and hk harrison on this john we did it live on dom's twitch channel so the audio is a little more you know not as great because it's through a, a skype call but uh we went two and a half hours talking about the the whole get down of the merger what it means for the sport, how things can potentially change, rosters, just the sport in general, and, and what's to come next potentially. And we also went over the PLL Top 50 list. A lot of stuff to get into with that as well. But of course, show would not be possible without you guys, our amazing listeners, our loyal OTB listeners and followers. And of course, that's where our, our sponsors come in. Our homies over at Tomahawk Shades, the best I wear in the business. You know I wear my blue light plus glasses every single show I record. TomahawkShades.com. Harrison actually pulled the plug. When we recorded this and we were on the Skype call, he had the blue light plus Johns on his eyes. Protect your eyes. You only get one pair of eyes, guys. And when you're watching lacrosse games on TV, on your computer, on your laptop, on your phone, protect those eyes. When you're driving to work, potentially, you know, if you're not working from home, like myself, you got to wear sunglasses. Protect those eyes. Tomahawkshades.com has you covered with all that good stuff. Fill up your cart like your Harrison. 27 pairs in your cart. Sign up for their rewards program before you check out. Hawk points. Free money. Every purchase you make, every dollar you spend, you earn Hawk points. All that good stuff. It's free to sign up. Tomahawkshades.com. And when you go to check out, use our promo code USP to get 25% off your order and in the U.S. only, there's free shipping right now at TomahawkShades.com. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP, gets you 25% off. And if you're in the U.S., you get free shipping as well. Tomahawk Shades, quality product for an affordable price. And, of course, support for the Outside the Box podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Guys, the holidays are here. It is December 16th. Hanukkah is in full swing. Christmas right around the corner. Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, all that good stuff right around the corner. You need to take care of your balls. And that's why the Manscaped team... The homies over at Manscaped redesigned the electric trimmer and their engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created 
and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Guys, when I tell you it's premium, I mean premium because one, the battery is going to last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. That's a hell of a lot of shot clocks to make sure you're getting the most precise long shave with the lawnmower 3.0. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor, which is just as fast as Trevor Baptiste off that face-off X with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Guys, if you're listening to the Outside the Box podcast, myself, Dom, and Harrison want you to experience the Manscaped experience firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Don't have any greasers this holiday season. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will Thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Without any further ado, let's get into episode number 149 of the Outside the Box podcast, the merger episode. I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much-used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the box pod. Oh, I forgot an M. What the heck? I can't spell today. All right, cool. There's a big Kyle. Looks like he needs to send it on the weekend. Kyle always sends it on the weekend. Wait, hold on. This audio didn't happen again. Hold on. I got to bring my audio settings up. What is going on here, man? 
called live editing. Oh, uh, there we go. Okay, never mind. Well, yeah, everything's all good on your end. I'm talking about on my end. Yeah. I'm trying to keep some viewers in the stream, dude. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, guys? Chilling, man. Uh, you know, we got one league got now. We got one league. Not like, we, not like we've talked about that for months. A single, unified, for the most part, coherent league. Where the yeah. new team that's coming in is going to be disgusting right away. Absolutely. And all the players coming in. We got Lyle. We got Randy. So many t- uh, talented players coming on. Colin Heaton. I think it's so interesting that uh, they're just like, the the Cannons whole roster is like, yep, this is the expansion draft pool, uh, pool. And then everyone else is in the player pool. Yep. We can get to. So yeah, I, so I was just asked in the chat. Um, I was asked, "Is this an interactive podcast or fuck the chat during recording?" <laughs> nah, you know how it is. We're talking That's to the, the questions. Chat. Yeah, this is the first time we've we've done this for this show. Facts. Yeah, this is. You're not. You're not on the. Uh, are you on the underground sports one right now, Kyle? No. Nah. No, you're just in. You're just in the stream. Yeah. Oh, sick. USP is a mod, right? Did I make you guys I a mod? I think so. Let me Type see. in the chat real quick for me. Send, send a comment. Oh, Dewey says what's good. No, you're not a mod. I got you. I'm not going to do that now. I'm on stream, but I got you. True. I think I think you have my personal Twitch as a mod. Yeah, your personal one is. But I know you're in here a lot with the Underground Sports one. And if... uh. If anybody else was on that account, then they'll be in here as a mod. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if Steve was on it. Coherent League. Nasty, nasty team. Yeah. We predicted it. We did call it. We've been <laughs> calling this for months, haven't we? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. This is going to be fun. I'm so intrigued to see if, like... The guys that we speculated would never make the jump actually play. Yeah. We can feel a lot of pro players just stop playing, which is wild. Well, it's kind of like what Garenlian said, right? The cream of the crop is always going to rise. So, you know, the guys that know they can make it and will do it, well, they'll go through with it. They'll make the jump regardless. They know they're going to get paid. They're going to be on a roster. And then if, if not, you know, it's like, it's like all right, I ha- this was my side job anyway. I'm an MLL player. I don't, I don't play professional PLL. Like, I'm getting paid pennies compared to some of these guys. Yeah. Got a question. Uh, the the MLL PLL merger. Uh, would you say this is similar to like if Triple A baseball joined the MLB? Uh, no, I, I've I've seen a lot of people compare it to back in the day when like the AFL merged with the NFL. It's like, yeah, ABA, NBA kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's top of their game leagues. They just couldn't coexist at the same time. That's the best. That's the best one, right? ABA, NBA. It's like two professional leagues coming together. Like, uh. 
basically, yeah. So, so some of the people in my chat, they they know really nothing about lacrosse, and they said they didn't even know there were professional leagues. So, there's actually yo, you're from the Bay. San Diego has a team. Isn't San Facts. Diego Bay Area? They're, they're in the NLL. Yeah, they got the seals. But that's yeah, that's no, still that's still professional seals. lacrosse. So like, there's a professional indoor team. So there's indoor professional lacrosse and there's outdoor professional lacrosse. And what we're talking about right now is outdoor. Um, we cover both, but uh, the outdoor professional leagues have been a thing forever. But professional lacrosse as a lifestyle has not really been a thing until recent times. Like there have been the top of the top players that like can make a living off just being a professional lacrosse player. But like that opportunity is very small and like limited to a very small amount of players. But like now some of those players created their own professional league that can actually pay players a living wage so they can, you know, be a professional lacrosse player. They can go and play indoor. They can go and play outdoor, do the whole thing. (laughs) Dewey said, I don't know lacrosse. What's that? (laughs) That's a lot. That's cap. Like my man didn't play. That's cap. Like my man didn't play. So don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I do play. Uh, Indiana Lacrosse Club goalie. Uh, we're in the MPLA. Good stuff. Never played in my life. Kyle's learned a little bit from us. <laughs> Facts. I dove in headfirst media lifestyle. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, we, we're, so Kyle's in, in the chat right now is Underground Sports PHI. That's a podcast that Kyle started um, back when the, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And uh so kyle and i used to talk just philadelphia sports and then it kind of grew into a network and we have kind of other podcasts off of that and you know uh philadelphia brought back the wings and we we said you know it's a good time to we started that because they brought the wings back right facts you were like bro it's like the best you brought it up you were like yo we should get into lacrosse because the wings are coming back yeah and uh you were going to the blue and white game for the sixers and then it got canceled because the palestra like broke down or whatever and they were, the roof was leaking and then yes. uh we went to the draft yeah we went to the draft and 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 we met some people you you networked a little bit we ended up with our first episode uh interviewing the commissioner of the indoor lacrosse league the the national lacrosse league so that at was the league like, office yeah at the league office they just moved to philadelphia it couldn't have been like a better like falling of events mm-hmm. sick Harrison plays goalie. Yes, I am a goalie. I play attack, which is basically like a striker, sort of. I guess. And in the last video game, uh, we've been calling for one for ages. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned that. (laughs) See, what had happened was. Yeah, if you go, Kyle, do you know what episode that is? Uh, I can tell you right now. Um, We, uh, there's a past episode, so you can look up Outside the Box podcast on your favorite podcast network, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, I know I'm missing a bunch of them. but uh, Radio.com, TuneIn, everything. Anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, there's a past episode where we actually talk about that. There is no, there is technically a lacrosse video game. 
but a legit one no um and we kind of talk about our ideas of like what uh what could happen there i'm, I'm low-key confused by this question uh paul bird he's talking he's talking about the girls uh, episode 106. Episode 106. Anywhere you can get our content outside the box lacrosse podcast. We talk about that. Also features an interview with the boy Chase Frazier. Ooh. What do we have on the menu today? Well, obviously, we've got uh, the leagues merge. And then uh, we got to clown this top 50 list. We absolutely oh, yeah, let me bring the top 50. Let me bring that up. Good God. Oh. Yeah, let me bring that up real quick. Hold on. The hot mess. I saw Rabel's still on the list. Yeah. Uh, maybe like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rabel's still on the list. Uh... Who else made the list? Dude, the fact that yeah, Connor, right now. Connor Fields isn't even on the list. That's how you know this, there, there's issues. Tragic. Absolutely tragic. The injury bug is a bitch, isn't it? The getting benched for Miles Thompson bug. Hey! <laughs> Who could not be playing with his brother, which would be amazing. Hey! You know what? Did you see, you see Diggs' tweet? Yo, that had me in tears. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's not far off to think that that's the reason. Remember, Kyle, you were the one that said that they were going to get rid of um, Miles to make room for everything that was going on there. Yep. But now, not only do they have Austin Stotts, they have Miles Thompson, which is more than enough to attract in Lyle Thompson. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, the interesting thing is Lyle's in the player pool because he was on the Bayhawks, and then uh, Randy is going to be in the expansion draft because he was with the Cannons. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's not far off to say that that is a very you know, possible thing of happening. Also, if you really want to laugh, how is Garrett Eppel in the top 16? That is trash. That is absolute trash. I hate that. Ooh. I really hate that. This now dude does not deserve to yeah, be. My bad. The top ten. I don't really have an issue with the top ten, but is everything it? else is a hot mess. Garrett Royal dog shit. He actually is. He's a good lacrosse player, but a terrible human being. My man got, yep. my man is such a bad human being. He's gotten bullied off Twitter, Twitter. twice. Twice. <laughs> what, what, during the uh, whole Indigenous Peoples Columbus Day controversy he had, I went to go see what was going down, and I, it turns out he blocked me because he it was too much of a coward to take the criticism I was like throwing at him. Dude, I, I, it's it's ridiculous. And not only is he a terrible human being, 
like yeah his stick skills are good but he's also like a <laughs> he's just like he catches way too many penalties mm-hmm. he's too he's too aggressive he's a hothead I had to kill what's his name? Uh, why am I blanking on Gaudet? No, Gaudet. Yeah, like that cross check to the head. He's a dirty player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's just a scumbag. He's just purely a scumbag. Like, uh, Gaudet's a player with concussion issues too. Like, this isn't a dude you want to headhunt. This is yeah, that's why he wears that thing around his neck. Yeah, he's a he's a. Uh, God, I mean, God, that is funny though. Like oh, he, a friend of the show. He brings it on himself, and he uh, you got to give him credit. He takes his licks. He takes his licks, right. and then he uh, he he'll talk some more. He doesn't care. He's not he's not afraid at all. God, absolutely pumps on the weekends. One hundred. One Well, from all intents and purposes, it looks like Kyle Jackson intends on playing. Absolutely. Yeah, I do Which is that. big. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you recording right now, Kyle? Yeah, I got the, the call recording. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, true. So you have you can edit in everything. That makes sense. Yeah. Yo, I saw somebody. I saw somebody say that they need to see uh, Rambo and Dylan Malloy do the Oklahoma drill at halftime of games. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That'd be the best use for Dylan Malloy. Yo, I'm not gonna lie though. I am happy to see Dylan Malloy potentially come into the league. It's about damn time. I'm not going front. That's gonna be entertaining to watch. I can't wait to see that. So. Are the Cannons going to do, like, a complete rebrand, though? That's my question. A complete rebrand? You think they can keep the same colors? They'll probably keep the same colors, but I highly doubt they use the same logo, considering that Boston is, like, front and center on it. No, they're not going to use the exact same logo. So I wouldn't wouldn't consider it a full rebrand, but it's definitely, like, something new, right? Give me a pirate rework. Yeah, right? Like, something. They're Cannons Lacrosse Club. I mean, nah, yeah, I feel like it would look more like an Arsenal logo. Like, obviously, it's not going to look actually, just like doing, that. Actually, if they're doing the Lacrosse Club, that works perfectly. Yeah, give something that's like a legit Cannon. Where do you see Dylan Malloy most likely ending up? And Lyle. Lyle's probably going to end up wherever Miles is at. Yeah, I can't yeah, see them. Yeah, so we, we talked about that. That'll either I mean, be the Coach Wharton winners, the the only Coach Wharton winners, right? I think so. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I saw Curtis Dixon too. He tweeted that uh, if Lyle ends up on chaos, he's gonna have to play midfield and run more. Yeah, that's. Speaking Curtis Dixon goal, said that's, that. That's funny. Yeah, and then. Towers was like, "Don't worry, Curtis. You have a uh, you have seniority privilege." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
Dylan Malloy's interesting. He'd be fun on the water dogs. Ooh, I'd be spicy. I, I can't wait to see the Stocks brothers on the same team, though. I think that's going to happen. Who's the, who's the left wing attackman for um, Chrome? Uh, you've got Jordan Wolf, you've got Gutty, and then you've got somebody else. Is it Jesse King? Or is oh, it uh, He could fit Chrome. Dylan Malloy is that wing, that left wing righty, like. He's a Long Island guy. Oh, it's uh, their attacks Jordan Wolf, uh, Gutty, and Matt Gaudette. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and then I mean, and then they depending have, on the uh, offensive set, Gaudette is more of a guy that you put in the in the center, right? So if they're running like if they're running like a uh, like a one three two or something or like a three one two or something like that with Gaudette in the middle, because they they put Gutty and Wolf behind and they dodge to their strong hands. And then they have Brendan Kavanaugh. If you want to, if you want to keep Gaudet on the sideline, sometimes maybe he's getting in a little bit of trouble in the game because you know refs are going to be looking at it. Dylan Malloy comes in, and he's he's that he's that left that left wing guy you're going to set up for a time and room shot, or he's going to be a guy that can potentially like maybe you go like four two, you get four guys up top. Gutty kind of moves up top because he's a two point threat. Then you've got you've got Jordan Wolf and, and Malloy behind because they're both Dodgers. He could fit in the chrome. That's true. I need to see who's on this Boston roster. Speaking on that whole god that if he uh, if they start to get a bit too spicy, you really gotta uh, realize that most other teams are trying to kill Godet out there. Like he gets under your skin that much. If you need exactly. to like sit down a little bit, Malloy would be perfect to slot in there. Exactly. Because you're not gonna see Matt Godet dodge and and a lot of a lot of the percentage like a high percentage of shots came from wing dodges inside towards the strong hand you need you you need a guy that can kind of do that he he would kind of bring like a like a matt rambo style dynamic to the chrome he's 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 legit the same kind of style of player matt rambo is just really 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 good at it Yes. Like, uh, there's really no one like Matt Rambo. He's just kind of like in his own league when it comes to attackmen. Yeah. Him and Zeb. Matt Rambo does. Matt Rambo does it best. He, that's why he's number one on this list, right? Is, isn't he number one on this list? Or Shriver is. Shriver got Shriver's one this number year. One, but I mean, Rambo that's why he's number two. Attackman. Like, that's why he's legit, arguably the best player in the league. Is because of the way he plays. Dylan I mean, Malloy kind of follows that same mold, but I know he obviously doesn't do it as good as him. That's just that Long Island style mm-hmm. of cross. If you can go one and two with Tom Schreiber, and like no one knows whether you're going to be the top player or the second best player, that, that's something to be proud of and something to prove that you are top tier, possibly best in the world out there. Because Tom yeah. Schreiber is something. Else. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think that Tom is is the best. I think it's one A one B. Yeah. One A one B. What is the A position? Attack. In in lacrosse. What would you say, Harrison? One A one M. Are you going that far? Let me look at this list again. One A one M. 
No, no, one A, like one attack, one A, one M. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. So you're saying best attack, best mid? Yeah, of course. Really? That's yeah, one A, one M. Um, A is attack, M is midfield. Uh, D is defense, G is goalie, F O is the guy that takes a face off, and L S M is a long stick mid. Um, you can do your research. See what each one entails. Yo, this, this Boston roster is loaded. It was number four as an LSM, too. Uh, this goes to prove how dominant Earhart was this year in the league. Like, you don't <laughs> see LSMs get accolades. You really don't. Well, yeah, you don't get an LSM that gives you an offensive threat like he does. On top of that, he plays no games defensively, and he's he picked, he's the best ground ball player in the league. I mean, yeah. he he finished fourth last year too, and I feel like a lot of his stuff this year was just based off uh, his playoff performance. Yeah, he, Honestly, he was. Dead. I think Reardon would have been in the top five, though. I think uh, maybe switch Reardon and Earhart because Nardell definitely deserved to be in the top five, but. I've never seen a goalie play the way Blaze Reardon did this year. It's it was just insane. I think I think winning back to back titles is is what sets it above. Mm-hmm. Tommy is Tommy, right? Tommy's a different level. Yeah, but that, that's just like, something. You got to think like, look, you've got not only four whip snakes in the top five, but then you've got another two in the top ten. So you've got six out of the ten top ten players in the league on the same team. It's it's kind of crazy. I think that I think that winning the title kind of does that for them. That's that that would be the only thing I would say because I do agree. Belize played ridiculous this season. And you got two more in the top twenty with John House and Channy. Yeah. Josh Byrne took a huge step up this year, and obviously Zeddy went from not playing in the league to third best in the league. But the Zeddy ball game is going to do what Zeddy ball game is going to do. Yeah. Oh, yo, I didn't get to talk to you guys about this. I didn't get to talk on stream about it either. Um, or on pod. I played in the I played in the Liberty Cup tournament like two weekends ago. Yeah. That shit was fun. Well, we well my team we didn't we went one one and we're technically saying one tie because we we tied in a consolation game nobody wanted to play overtime so we did a we did a brave heart to like end the game and it was just dumb like it, it, it was <laughs> bad heart is it was real that bad they said we they said the we're gonna play one d one mid one attack or some shit like that I forget what it was and it was it was just terrible and and we went down we missed. And then they went down and they scored. And we were just like, it's whatever. Like, it didn't even matter. But it was fun. Bro, we, I got to see, because we didn't get to play them. But, like, Charlie Cipriano had a team with a couple pros. And there, then there was a team with a couple, like, New York Lizards and, and stuff. They both played in the finals. So it was kind of, it was legit. Like, there was some serious talent. That's Speaking sick. Speaking of Lizards, who do you think is going to be the next team they bring over when they expand again? Denver. Hell no, dude. They have to bring the lizards. (laughs) 
I think it's going to be Denver. Bring, they got to bring some of the original teams over. They already brought the Cannons, so they might as well bring the Bayhooks. They well, that's part well, of it. The, the merger. Well the Lizards, and they got to bring back the Ohio machine because the Ohio machine deserve it. So there needs to be a machine LC in the, in the, in the league, like eventually. Watch them subvert all of our expectations and bring back like the Charlotte Hounds or the Florida launch. Everyone's calling for the launch, but the, the merger, the PLL gets the rights to the other five active teams, at least. We could see the barrage. That would be cool. Uh, I think they could do something cool with the barrage colorway and logo in the PLL. Adidas designs everything now. My buddy Liam said that they only brought the cannons over because the cannons owner ran the league. Yeah, he ran the MLL last year. He's like the main reason that they stayed afloat. And that's probably the only reason that the cannons are the only one, even though they have the rights to use the names, right? So obviously knowing like Paul Rabel and how they – and his brother and how they do uh, how they do business with promotions. Yeah, plus you know. they're the defending champs, so that probably plays a part in it. And uh-huh. Yeah, like, that, that definitely plays a huge part in it. Uh, trophies are all that matters when uh, your league folds. Like, well, not folds, but if your league no longer exists, people are going to look to the last champions to be like, oh, who dominated that last year. And the Cannons will have that recognition. You know what kind of sucks? If I was in the MLL and I was like a mid-tier player, and then not only did I find out that the leagues are merging, but that my team like is just doesn't exist anymore, and now I have to hopefully get picked up by one of these eight teams. And it's like, damn, I may be out of the side gig now. And it, 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 it's like, it kind of, it kind of would suck. Like, stuff, like Imagine some of those... being told you can't play at a pro level anymore just because there isn't enough, aren't enough teams to take you. That would feel so crappy. Yeah. Like you're like, oh man, the level of play has just like increased by like 10. But then again, like, right. Some players play better in the fast paced game. Some plays, players played better in the slow paced game. So some players, some of the like best players in the MLL may not even be able to adapt. Yeah. You see a lot of younger talent do well than the older guys. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole new shot clock. Like, players like, I mean, John Grant Jr., imagine he comes over and just can't adapt to the new, faster game. Stop, the GOAT, can, the goat can adapt to anything, though. This is also true, because... We need to see John. If he Jr. if he was if you put him on Andy Towers chaos team, he he's oh. disgusting. Just yeah, him and Stotts crashing the crashing the net. He comes on for offense only. Yeah. Again, short and sticks. then at the end of the season he gets traded to whichever team is the favorite for the title just so he has a shot at a ring in the PLL. That's how Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If he doesn't make it, they trade him. And they're like, yeah, you need a veteran presence to make this to make this playoff run. Here you go. <laughs> Here's and a player coach. Yeah, and then he retires, and then he comes back like a couple of years later. He's like, I can still do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, he's I always think the, good. He's gonna pull a Brett Favre until he turns sixty. He's always good for a couple highlights. I'm telling you. I think the most interesting thing about the merger is going to be the face-off stuff because it's brand-new face-off rules for the face-off guys. Yeah. 
because you got Adler coming over from you got Adler coming over from the Outlaws. You got Alex Woodall coming over finally. Those are like the two big name guys, so it'll be interesting to see how they. It's crazy how like you know how in the NFL like kicker is just like oh you're the kicker like specialist position whatever you're on the field for like five seconds whatever. The specialist position in lacrosse is, like, mad important. Facts. Face-off. It's, like, it's, like, those, those are very coveted positions and, and hard-to-get positions. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, like, a team only really needs game. one. And if they have two, like, you're thinking there's only 16 spots. And you got to think of how many guys play do face-off. Time to run some D mid, lad, because you're not getting on the face-off X. You played it's attack like, in college, that's cute. You're a D mid. Because <laughs> almost every team has a legit face-off guy. That, like... After this uh, expansion draft, and college draft, he's a face-off guy. So... Whole lot to look forward to in this uh, upcoming season. We're gonna get three new like legit blue chip faceoff guys with Adler, Woodall, and then TD in the college draft. And what there are TD I mean, TD deserves a spot too. He does. I think he's gonna earn his spot wherever he goes. Uh, I could see getting drafted by the New Look Cannons and really. Uh, taking that team and making it his own. Because that's the kind of dominant face-off he is. You think the Water Dogs are going to go with a new face-off guy? Or is this like a situation that they can't just turn down? I don't think they give up on Jake Withers. No, I don't think so either. And what's his name? Uh, Who's their other guy? Wait, Harrison, you said the water dogs, right? For TD, or who'd you say? No, I said the cannons. Oh, the cannons. Oh, yeah. That's a great way to start. I think, especially... Through Simino. They got Simino and Jake Withers, so I don't think... Yeah. Uh, yeah. The no, water yeah, dogs. the water dogs would need them. That's a nice place to start your team around, right? Yeah. Uh, great young face-off guy. Now, where's... Is Dylan Ward going to stay with Chaos, or is he going to move to the uh, Cannons? I think he should do that. That's another interesting thing, is how the goalie situations play out. Because all the goalies in the league right now, in my opinion, are better than any of the goalies in the the MLL. Yeah. Yeah, I could see see a couple. Not really. Never mind. I need to know more about the MLL goalies. I, I need to. I didn't watch that as much as I did the PLL are this the, summer. But. Are there any notable names in the MLL? Every notable goalie is in the PLL. Yeah, you got what? Blazer, uh, Timmy Troutner, Kincannon, Rogers for the uh, veteran presence. Uh, DeLuca with the Water Dogs. Cipriano with the Water Dogs. Yeah. 
I mean, I know one guy that's a goalie because I because we follow each other on Instagram. I think uh, what's his name? Ronnie Ronnie Fernandez. Oh yeah, he was like the. Uh... He's bounced around to a couple of different teams. He's I, he's been a goalie on some like championship winning teams. Yeah, he was like the emergency goalie for the MLL bubble. Yeah, he was. Uh, he uh, he played for the Blaze. He played for Chesapeake. Wait, Harrison, what did you say? The e-bug in the PLL. The best yeah. position in all sports. <laughs> Imagine if we get, like, a, uh, what's his name? The uh, Zamboni driver up in Toronto. That kind of situation. But in uh, the PLL, that'd be insane. <laughs> <laughs> David Ayers, that's what it is. Because I can't even think of any of the goalies that are in the ML on the MLO rosters that would even put up a fight against the goalies that are in the league now. Exactly. Like even the backups, like the backups would be starters on any of those rosters. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Dylan Ward. Insane. Yeah. You got Dylan, like the backups alone are Dylan Ward, Scotty Rogers, DeLuca, Cipriano, however you want to put that. Um, Gunner Walt for Redwoods. Um, I mean, Archer's goalies are both starters. Because when I Cipriano's team lost in this in this tournament, Mm -hmm. and I watched like these other guys who played for like the Lizards, or maybe they didn't play pro, or or they played like in the MLL. They stun it on him sometimes. They, you can they have it on the ECD like YouTube, like they have the they have the playoff game and the best goals. They, they kind of got stunned on. And, yeah. and, and you know you're talking about you're talking about a team that had like Charlie Cipriano, some other PLL like players on it, and and still went and lost. So it was. It was kind of crazy to see that, but um, so like, you know, just if, just because they're in the PLL doesn't mean they can't be, you know, stunned. Oh, facts. So you know, some of, these, some of these some of these PLL or MLL goalies may just be looking for the right situation. That's completely true. Goaltending is easily the hardest position to stay consistent in unless you're like top of the line and even then they're just those days when 19 out of 20 shots are going in yeah like, nothing you can do about it, it plus hurts. i think the, the other really thing we have to like consider is with the nll not starting until april i don't know how that season's gonna like dish things out in terms of lining up with the PLL now, they, and they now, may do an abbreviated season. Yeah, or you know, if if they cross over, what players pick to play NLL only, which then opens the door for some of these MLL guys to get free agent signings to PLL rosters. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It would it would really suck to not see Rambo playing in the, for the Wings this season. Uh, he's gone to play for the Whipsnakes, especially because as a Redwoods fan, that would hurt. Him, Blaze, 
Trevor. There's some there's some big players on the wings that would choose field over box. Oh, absolutely. The the big three are like the three faces of the franchise besides Crowley. I yeah, mean, the wings. Yeah, what if the wings were like doing so well and then they just fell off? <laughs> they were just all like, "Yeah, no, we're not gonna do that." And that just, that's gonna be an interesting thing too, because he didn't play this year, but Crowley's on the barrage roster. Ooh, interesting. And he's wait a always... second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I forgot. This is like the biggest like tease. That never, ever happened. The MLL was like, yeah, yo, we're going to bring the Barrage back. <laughs> and now the MLL are like, yo, we're merging, and we're only bringing one team over. The rest of the teams, yeah, never They're mind, on. Philly. You guys don't get a team now. <laughs> See the Barrage 2020 it's to annoying. 2020. It's annoying, man. Because that Barrage roster has some players. Yeah, they really are going to get picked up. Like, the Barrage alone, like, they've got Liam Burns, stud defenseman. Um, Tyson Gibson, Shane Jackson, Anthony Jokic. Shane Jackson is absolutely getting picked up. No Mark Matthews, it. Chad Tolliver, Alex Wait, what, Woodall. What roster are you saying? The barrage. barrage. Dude, Mark Matthews was gonna be on the barrage. What? Yeah, he was. Don't even yo. Don't even say that stuff to me, dude. I had no idea what the roster was made out to be. One of my favorite lacrosse players was going to be playing in the city I live near. Dude, if if we had a regular season, we would have had Mark Matthews, Shane Jackson, and Kevin Crowley as an attack line. That that barrage team would have been nuts. That's plus Tyson Gibson at midfield. Absolutely, title contention right there. Pain, pain, so much pain. pain. Spain, but without the F. Damn it. Well, you know what? Mark Matthews in the PLL would be entertaining AF to watch. So you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. That'll be fun to watch. We're getting Isaiah Davis Allen in the PLL, though. That's for damn sure. <laughs> IDA is going to be a spark. Best new D mid in the league, man. That dude is a stud. You know what's crazy is how integral he actually was to like Maryland's championship season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think his role was severely, severely underrated. Defensive midfielders are always overlooked, and they're usually some of the most important players on the field. He he doesn't just offer top D mid play, but he offers transition play too. He gets the ball out, he can run the ball down the field on a clear quick, clear, whatever you need, and, and he can get the offense going just a little bit before he comes off. That's why he's so good for the wings. Like, he, he can play that box game extremely well and transition that to the outdoor game perfectly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, mad is Mike, how mad is Michael Krause that he just didn't sign with the Water Dogs? Probably pretty mad. <laughs> Like my man said, now nah, I'm going to play in the MLL because it's closer to my my nine to five. <laughs> now the league's merged. So, a question. I want to I want to know your guys' opinion on this because this is this is a good question. Um, don't you like, do you need unreal like pace and stamina to be able to play lacrosse? You need stamina. You don't need to be the fastest player in the world, but you absolutely need the stamina. 
I can agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think pace, like speed wise, is a very useful asset in specific positions. Yeah, like a defensive midfielder or a long stick mid. If you're an LSM, if you're really important. Yeah, if you're in the midfield, yeah, it's super important because the midfield is the one position that plays both offense and defense. So you're gonna you're gonna need those guys to that's run up and down. That's where you need on pace and spam. What was that? That's where you need the unreal pace and stamina. That's where you need both. Yeah. Attack and defense, as long as you can keep up with whoever you're like on. If you're a defender, you stick to your man, stay tight to him, be able to slide in and out. And if you're on attack, just finding that open space, making good cuts. You don't need to be the fastest. You just need to be there. And that's where stamina is important. Yeah. The stamina is, yeah, when you're dodging and you're doing all those moves, you don't need to be the quickest. You can be crafty with the ball and, and, and get to your spots. Um, yeah, you need more stamina, but if you're in the midfield, for sure. I, <laughs> how can a defender take the ball out of an attacker's stick? Are you just meant to smack it? Or if the attacker stops running, is it a turnover? I mean, yeah, really. <laughs> Check. You just gotta hit it. Throw a nice stick check and knock that shit out. Now, also, you know, a lot of defenses also too. try to try to play teams into a position where they're trying to knock the stick down as the pass is coming in. Try to get the ball on the ground, knock the ball down, that kind of stuff too when they're passing. But yeah, defense in lacrosse is very similar to defense in basketball. You have to mainly move with. You have to keep your legs steady. Keep a solid base. Just be able to uh, move around fast. But if you get your stick in the lane, you're going to knock down 95% of passes. Yeah. Uh, and just got to be able oh, to yeah. get to your spot. Harrison's <laughs> going to like this one. This one's a fun question. Is that ball rock hard or like a tennis ball? Oh, that <laughs> it hurts like hell. Like, Yo. There's a certain point in the season where I uh, I just stop. Feel- I have no feeling in my legs from yeah. the, uh, the amount of times I've been yep. like, hit with the ball. Yeah. I'll never forget my I'll never forget my high school senior year where okay so Vineland High School isn't the best at lacrosse so uh, normally our defense was terrible like our defensive line was terrible. I mean, my senior year, I had a bunch of juniors that played together, so they were kind of inexperienced at the varsity level, but they were still, like, decent. But still, regardless, our goalie would get hit with these balls at so much, so much. Uh, you don't have pads on, like a hockey goalie? No, no. no. <laughs> Most lacrosse no. goalies just wear a chest protector, a cup, maybe some, like, padded, like, shorts, like compression shorts on their thighs, but most don't even do that. And then no, they have like a throat guard on, on under their helmet, and that's really it. Like in goal, you still got to move around a little bit. You can't like when you wear like pads like a like a hockey goalie, you can't move you around as much. Yeah, yeah, you need the, to be flexible and be able to move as a goalie. The the worst the worst thing I have been asked is like, oh, can't you just like throw a sumo wrestler into the cage instead of like no. someone who's five seven and. 160 and like no 
you need to be able to move post to post. You need to get your stick up. You need to get it down. I, I perform like a lot of kick saves actually just from like stepping towards the ball and putting my leg out. Uh, yeah, the, the amount of bruises. I remember one time uh, in high school, my junior year, we were doing a long pole shooting drill. And those are the worst because long poles can really get some torque on that shot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this dude, he's like 6'5", and a defensive, I think he's a lineman in football at the time too, steps up and rips it and hits me inside the thigh, and the bruise was there for like two months. Oof. Oof. Purple and green and all those fun colors. Yep. We used to – great we- time. My goalie and I, we used to call his uh, his bruises on the inside of his thighs and his arms, we used to call them his dragon scales because they were yeah. like a yellow surrounded by a green, surrounded by a purple. And it was just, it was just God awful. Or like, no, nah, it was like purple in the middle and it, and it like faded on the out. So it was like purple, like real dark, lighter purple, green, yellow around the outside, everywhere, man. Yeah, it's like a baseball catcher taking pitches to the shins. Basically, like that, like uh, an Aroldis Chapman fastball right at your shin. Yeah, you said fuck that. No. Why would somebody ever want to do that? <laughs> Dude, we're all a bit crazy. Yeah, all goons are a different breed, man. You guys are odd. He uh, said, I know Harrison he, pulls the birdies out when he whips out the bruises. <laughs> Harrison's, Harrison's at a party, socially distant, of course, and. Yeah. And uh, mask on, and and she's like, "Hey, you're kind of cute." He's like, "Yeah, I play lacrosse goalie. Check this out." And he just like lifts up his short, like lifts up his like pants or something, and she sees the bruise right on the thigh, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Oh, swooning, He doesn't even wait, wait. No, he doesn't even have to say anything. Dude walks into the party. And just shows the bruises, exposes all four limbs, just like, and just stands there. And it's like, and then all the girls just six feet circle, six foot circle, completely just all around them. Just doesn't care. Sometimes. <laughs> Dude, goalie, yep. And it sucks, you know, it sucks as an outfield player when you get hit because you don't stand in there and you don't kind of get used to it. I remember the day I stopped playing midfield. And I, I'll never get in front of a shot ever again because I took a shot to the nuts from like 10 feet, like 10 yards, not 10 feet, 10 yards. Dude, dude starts winding up. He comes around a pick up top and I, I kind of found my way into inside. I think the midfielder, they were playing like a like a two, three, one from the midfield. So the one mid the one midfielder came inside and I was there. And as he cut out, I didn't realize and I was watching the ball. So. I step in front, and I was just ready for it. I didn't, like, flinch nothing. Shot came, went right to my nuts, because I didn't think the dude was going to shoot it right at me. (laughs) So it comes right down. Bang! It was in a JV game, dude. I had a varsity game still to play. Bang! Right in the nuts. I'm on the ground. I'm cursing. I'm a sophomore in high school. I'm getting yelled at by the ref to stop cursing. The coach comes running on the field. He's like, didn't you see what just happened? Like, you got to expect that language, dude. <laughs> like, like, it was bad. He takes me off the field. He's like, you're never playing JV again. <laughs> He's like, you're not doing this. It's like, we can't risk, risk it. it like that anymore. Oh, wait, no. We didn't even have a varsity game that day. 
it was we it was a JV only game against a school that wasn't running a varsity season. So they sent us out there. They were like, "Yo, we want you to play for them. You get go get the reps in." But they were like, "You're not playing attack though. You're playing midfield. You get enough time playing attack. You go and play midfield." The one time I play midfield, that entire season I get hit in the nuts. So they were like, "Yeah, you're you're not. You're gonna go play LSM." And then I and then the game I played LSM. I, I go down the field cradling in one hand on a clear. I pick up the ground ball behind our net, run it down the sideline the entire time, cradling a long stick with one hand, get like three feet inside the box and let it fly. And I miss wide. He takes me off. He goes, yeah, no, you're not doing this anymore. You're not taking this. Serious. I was like, coach, I don't play this position. I'm not learning this. So he, he took me out of game. He's like, yeah, you're not playing JV anymore. That shit was hilarious. LSM is long stick midfielder. So there's two kinds of sticks that you can use when you play lacrosse. If you play out in the field, there's the shorter one, which is about like 31 inches in complete length. Um, that's the more offensive players use midfielders and attack. Defensemen use a six foot pole. So LSM is a midfielder that uses one of those six foot poles. To like play, okay. kind of. depending on what position you play, you could also have a different uh, pocket in your lacrosse stick. Um, depending on what you need, a face-off guy has a different pocket than an attackman. An attackman has a different pocket than a D-man. It just varies yeah, that's depending a, on the position. That's a really good point, right? Even the pockets are different. Like how the head is strung. Like, everything is so technical about sticks. You know, a goalie's head is way bigger. And the length of the stick is kind of in between an offensive stick and defensive stick. The heads you see on every play. Huh? I just use an attack shaft. You you play, yeah. So it's all preference. Some like them longer. Some like them shorter. Nice. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yo here's a fun idea since the the league has the rights to the other five teams and they're not like quote-unquote playing do oh do they go with that concept we thought of dom of you know relegation and having like that second tier let me put on my uh my prediction hat right <laughs> Because it's been pretty damn good on this show. <laughs> um, um, I see a minor league happening eventually. Like, right? Beast talked about it on Twitter. Um, yeah, I see. I could potentially see them because there's a lot of things that they like to do that are very similar to soccer leagues, right? Yeah. The jerseys, the the stadiums they're playing in. Even the, the way they walk they out on games. Yeah, the aesthetic of the league that they want. I wouldn't be surprised that with this merger, they create a second tour. Right? Which we've also talked talking, about. Yeah, we've also talked about this. We're not talking about conferences, but we're talking about a separate tour that can also go to the cities, maybe on a different schedule, but or maybe with the PLL, it just allows for more games. Right? And, and these other teams, which they own the rights to, create a minor league which allows this extremely exponentially growing player pool have a chance at a at a spot playing professionally maybe not for the same pay 
right? You're not, right? Or you're going to become complacent. You want to earn a bigger paycheck. Maybe you don't get TV time. This is purely for the sport, right? This is to, to get your team and to work hard to get this team to the next level. I, I don't see why it wouldn't happen. I, I think more leagues in America should uh, do the promotion relegation model because then that's a punishment for taking. And exactly. who wants to watch a tank? We're Sixers fans. We went through the process and it was terrible. So, like, let, let, let's put it this way. Be punished. Let's put it this way. Arsenal, they're 16th in the league right now. Do you think that? Do you think anything will happen to them if they get relegated? No, they lose their best players. Their best players go get signed by a team in the top division or in a top a league in another country. Uh, is easily gone. All these guys leave. Pereira, All these guys leave. Leno. So they have to play to make sure they stay in the league. And even then, they may not get to European competition, right? There's rewards at the top. There's punishments at the bottom. The Premier or the Premier Lacrosse League should do the same thing. Punish a team for tanking. There's no sense in doing that. One draft pick is not going to change your team. Yeah. Plus, if you have a lower tier division or like a, a separate tour, you you have the opportunity to, for lack of a better term, like stash your draft picks that might not get that immediate playing time. Give them more time to develop from the college game to the PLL rules. And then that just makes well like a, thing, a feeder system better. What what hey, you you're talking about though is a minor league though, right? So you're talking about teams having affiliate programs. Yeah, we could have they that can, too. They could take the loan concept from uh soccer though and yes. put it into the PLL. Yes. Which I think would be smart. You loan those players down so that the teams in the lower division could come back up but then you can also call them back. Yeah, like a two-way contract in, in the NBA, right? Exactly. This could be the exactly. PLL's version of a two-way contract, right? Have the minor league, have them have their own tour. This is You guys are playing to make it to the big league. And if we have a player that's not going to get a lot of playing time, but he's in our system, we want him to stay in the system, we want him to grow, we'll make a two-way contract deal with another team. He's going to go be your signing for this season. He'll go play for you guys, and we can always take him back if we want to. If not... We can structure a deal where he stays with you guys. I don't see why why it doesn't happen. It's, honestly, loans, I think, are the smartest thing you can do in sports. Like, it, it gives you that chance to see what a young player can do without tying you down to make, to put him in that starting lineup, to tool with that lineup, work with it, and just figure out what works best for your program while right. getting the it's, it's like one of the worst things, right? You're you like as as a fan of any sports team, right? It's terrible when your team gets a young player. For some reason, whatever it may be, whether he doesn't get enough playing time, it's it's the atmosphere, whatever, it stunts his development and growth as a player. Right. Mark Especially if you want somebody to be this star, like their potential says they're going to be. They need to be the center focus of a team. They need to be a big name player on their team. 
they're not at the level yet on your team to be a big name player like that. Some are, some aren't. So you send them to these lower teams where they will be the center of attention. They will get used to this, this type of responsibility and pressure that is going to come when they're in that position on the actual team. I mean, Chelsea sent out Mason Mount on loan twice, once to Vitesse, once to Derby. He killed it in the Netherlands, and they figured might as well bring him back to England, see how well he does in front of our fans, and then if he does well, we'll bring him back on and try to give him a bigger spot. Obviously, yep. Frank Lampard coming in to Chelsea gave him a better opportunity. Well, but still, he, he proved himself at Vitesse and then at Derby and came back to Chelsea, and now he's a mainstay in the squad. Yeah, like I, I also I didn't get to finish my point, I guess. Um, no, 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 it wasn't your fault. I stopped. I kind of went off on a tangent. Um, the worst thing is, you know, having that player that doesn't fit in right away and then losing out on him, right? Making a deal to get rid of him for something else on your team, like, right, like assets, like draft picks or, or a different player. And then he turns into this star. You know what I mean? And it's the worst thing knowing like, dang, we had him. We would have gave him more time. This, that. That's what a loan does, right? Think about – you want to talk about Chelsea FC loans. Oh, my God. The loan Kevin De Bruyne was loaned by Chelsea like five times, never made it in the Chelsea system. Now he's one of the best players, if not the best player in the Premier League. Romelu Lukaku was loaned out by Chelsea at least three or four times. Now he's one of the best strikers in Serie A. Second best – third best striker in Serie A. Who, uh, Mo Salah won the Golden uh, Boot. Um, best scorer in the, in the Premier League. Loaned out by Chelsea multiple times. He was on Fiorentina, for God's sake. The loan system is kind of crazy because it gives players time to develop and turn into the stars they need to be. And I think the PLL system should do that. I think that the creation of a minor league, now that they have the rights to how, how many teams now from the from the MLL so came in? There's five wow. active that we know of. Plus, I, Harrison wrote about this in his blog for the website, and then it got me thinking because uh, – Charlotte was supposed to come back this year, the Hounds. They were, like they were supposed to come back in 2021 with a renovated stadium and everything. Okay. So I don't know if they're included in the merger or not. And yeah. then I don't know yeah. if the rights to the disbanded teams and like their uh, their intellectual property is part of it either. All of those details should come out in the in the coming days. So yeah, we'll find out about that stuff. Yeah, this, this is funny. Uh, now it's like the transition team yet. They're still putting together the details for the expansion draft. This is very early goings right now. So we there's a there's a comment in here. Uh, it says, uh, <laughs> "Is there a regulation for goalie head, or can they just walk out there with literally a fishnet and catch some?" <laughs> so uh, it's regulated. Yeah, it's regulated. Look, these I brought up pictures of what a goalie head kind of looks like. It's bigger than a regular lacrosse head. Um, but but uh, it, it's wider, it's got a bigger shape, the pocket is bigger, it's deeper, this way that they can stop a stop a shot. Because trying to stop one with a regular lacrosse head, do I have a stick down here? Oh, I do. Um, trying to stop one with a regular lacrosse head is yeah. only meant for a drill for goalies. It, it, that literally is a drill. That's one of my favorite drills to do. Uh, but you try to do that in-game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you try to catch one of these, 
That's <laughs> it's so difficult. <laughs> Especially a shot coming at you from like not like fucking ninety miles an hour. From like five feet away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude. That gives the goalie some error room where yeah. they can actually make All the right. save. What'd you say? Crease crankers are going straight to hell. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting how some of these teams approach, like, picking players, too, because, like, obviously, like, Whip Snakes, like, Ty Warner is quote-unquote retired because he's in medical school. Uh, how long is, you know, Ben Reeves going to be playing with Water Dogs? Like, there's a whole bunch of these players that are, like, short-term pros. Yeah. So it's like, do do these teams, like, draft those replacements now or how are they going to approach that plus redwoods are getting matt landis back you also got to think about the, the teams that have the rights to players that haven't even played in the league yet right like pat spencer right. and archers yeah yeah pat spencer pat biggest is ever coming over it's he's like not gonna he's not going to gonna be i bet you we see pat spencer in the nba that would be, nice. be wild you know he was playing pickup basketball with Melo one night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, was, he was playing with legit pros. He's playing in pro open gyms. With Melo? With Mello? Carmelo Anthony. He was on the same team as him. There's video on YouTube. You can look it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pat Spencer's going to make it in the NBA. NBA. He's going to be on an NBA team eventually. Yeah, as long as he's like plugs lacrosse while he's in the NBA, that could be huge for the sport in, in general. Like starts plugging Archer stuff, like uh, buys an ownership stake, like uh, Patty Mahomes did with the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, the uh, the Royals. Like a, a star in another league could be huge. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And we kind of we're kind of recording this just like fucking. We're just riffing. This is real podcast. This is <laughs> this is real podcast energy here, because it's just it's just it's just talking, right? We can we can put the ads in. We can put the sponsorship shit in. Facts. We can shout out Manscaped and Tomahawk Sheets. Yeah, yo, yeah, yo. I never shout. I never shout out spot because I'm technically not sponsored. The podcast is sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped. Code USP at checkout. Yeah, we got to get an outside-the-box code. For I know, I'm working on some uh, some stuff for the new fiscal year for each pod. Yeah, we got to keep that under wraps. You got to keep that under wraps. I'll be too hyped. I'll split. I'll, I'll, I'll. I'll give out leaks. The leaks for the <laughs> for the pod would be out. Yo, is Connor Fields about to play for Cannons LC now? Oh, he could be a centerpiece. That that would be what? Honestly, that'd be perfect for his career. He would fit in. He would be the guy, and he needs to be the guy in an attack. He's just that good. Yeah, dude. I, I think that would be sick, right? He he he's a kid that needs to be in the spotlight for his team. What he brings to a team is like crazy. I don't think he fits the system for chaos anymore. He doesn't. 
because that chaos attack is just deadly right now. Josh Byrne is on it's a Josh Byrne's team. Yep. Yeah. I, I still can't get it. <laughs> if it's Josh Byrne's team, I mean, and Curtis Dixon has seniority, and Lyle's now on the team, and Miles, does Miles get benched? And Austin Stotts. Yeah, well, Austin Stotts has been shown that as a midfielder working downhill, he he's a lot more effective. Going into the center of the field, causing causing uh, causing havoc, doing all that kind of stuff. Plus, that midfield's already disgusting with Procaro, Salcedo, Pat Resch. coming back. Dane Smith. Deemer's coming back. Oh, yeah. That's, exactly. That was a huge piece they missed last year. Exactly. Because Chaos is only losing Kevin Buchanan to retirement, I'm pretty sure. Plus, and they got Glassini. Who's just gonna take balls off his head? Fuck, he should have gone out with a title. That that's just unfortunate that he had to run into that witch next juggernaut. Hold on, I gotta. I want to talk about. I want to ask. I kind of want to talk about something because it was really funny. So, um, uh, you guys, you guys follow uh, King Street Linden on Twitter. They follow us, so I see some. I, of I know they stuff. follow us. We follow each other, so I, was, I. He posted an article on his blog, and I thought it was a really good one. It caught my eye, and I kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, how many players in today's game have better stick skills than Mikey Powell? Ooh. And in my Wild. opinion, a lot. I think high schoolers, I think some high schoolers have better stick skills than Mikey Powell. Yeah, I mean, with the way the game's changed yeah. since it's, Mikey played. Yeah. It's, it's, the that's right kind of what, that's new, what he talked about. This is, it's basically a brand new game yeah. than it was 20 years ago. It's a lot faster paced. Uh, you need those stick skills more than you used to. Like back in the day, you could just get by on brute force. I, I and the the crazy thing is, like I'm I'm a decade almost, just about. God, it sounds weird saying that, but I'm a decade removed from playing like legit competitive lacrosse. So like when I was in high school, even in the like late 2000s, early 2010s, if you were a kid on a team that was like trying to do behind the backs, whether it was passing or shooting. Most coaches would look at you and yell at you. Yeah. Most coaches, I've gotten, I used to get taken out of games for doing it. And then I would look at the coach and I'd be like, but yeah, based off of my position, like it gave me a better angle to shoot. It gives me a better opportunity to shoot. You imagine if you did. Turn back and get a, get, get a good angle or whatever. It's like, it's like today coaches are teaching that to kids at a young age. Like I, I have, I have like little third through sixth graders that I coach in Millville. I have them practice behind the backs. It's an essential skill now. Yeah. It's a, if you want to go play at the highest level, you need to be able to finish any way possible behind the back around the world twisters. Um, however, whatever you need to finish one hand, it's needed in that arsenal. Think, think of, uh, uh, this, this freshman year, first off, Sowers is going to Duke. But second off, 
the top recruited freshman is going to Duke, Brennan O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Brennan O'Neill has better stick skills than Mikey Powell. He has yeah. better stick skills than Mikey Powell. And no debate there. And the thing is, the reason the the allure of Mikey Powell, the reason Mikey Powell was so good, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to play him out or like like play him down as like the type of lacrosse player he was. He's still one of the best players of all time. Just it's a, again a different era. Yeah. He was ahead of his time, and that's what made him so good. The types of dodges he made, the types of finishes he did, the creativity he brought to the game. He's part yeah, of the it, it's almost like it's like almost comparing like Dan Marino to like quarterbacks now. It's like comparing Jordan, Jordan LeBron to base all over yeah. again. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of the things, he influenced an entire generation of lacrosse. And now you're and now seeing. now there are players influencing another whole, a whole new generation of lacrosse. Exactly. And then the that players that Mikey Powell influenced, that's why, that's why this level at such a young age is so high now. Because you're taking the people that got influenced by Mikey Powell, and now they're teaching the next generation. Mm-hmm. And all these kids that are going in now, like, you got to think, like, a decade has passed since I played. And and I'm that, you know, group of players that was, like, influenced by Mikey Powell. Five years pass, and now you got these kids coming back and coaching the young ones, right? And these guys learn something way different in college. They come back, and now they're coaching these these young kids. And, and um, <clears throat> they're learning these skills like nobody else did when they were young. They're getting all the insight. They're getting all the right things to, said to them. And, and you see the results now. You've got these kids that are doing as juniors in high school. Sophomores in high school, they're doing toe drags underhand. They're, they're faking full underhand shots. They're going and following through, and the ball's not coming out. And then they're putting it into one hand and, like, finishing, like, backhand on the goal. Like, what are they feeding the kids now? Yeah, wait. Did your coach ever yell at you for like shooting it sidearmed? Yeah, all the time. That, all the that time. never made sense to me. Because like if it goes in, it goes in, and if it make, like forces the goalie to make a hard save, that's also I, another good thing. Like, yeah. You matter. It doesn't matter how you get the shot off, as long as you can get that shot off. Exactly. If it's a good shot, of course. If you do it and it's a and you take a stupid shot, like no angle at all, then you deserve mm-hmm. to be yelled at about it. But like, if you thing. catch it up here and move your hands down here when you didn't need to, and it takes up time, and and your defender the slide gets closer, and now it's not a good shot anymore. You should have just finished yeah. quick. As a coach, what I've learned when when you're teaching the kid, there's there, it's not how you pass it per se. It's the flick of your wrist. That's when the ball releases. When you snap your wrist and, and you actually finally engage that ball to come out from the shooters to go towards your target, right? It's all about when you snap your wrist. If you snap it too early, the ball's going high. If you snap it too late, the ball goes low. They teach this when you're young, when you're learning how to shoot. 
How do you aim? That's like one of the biggest questions the little kids ask. How do you hit the top corner instead of the bottom corner? Because every time I shoot, it goes right down. It's how you snap your wrist, right? All in the release. Yeah, so wherever your hands are located, if you're shooting sidearm, you're shooting underhand, you're shooting overhand, it's all about when you flick that wrist. Just like basketball. Just not- exactly. Exactly. Like LaMelo Ball shoots like basically two-handed, but by the time he comes out, his, his elbows are out. It, it looks terrible, right? But it works. But the way he rotates his hand afterwards, his wrist is still like that at the rim. Perfect. It's not out to the side. His whatever, like the way he does it, it just works for him. And he makes sure that that elbow gets turned in and he scores. It's the same thing in lacrosse. Every coach, overhand, shoot overhand. You know what coach yells overhand at a player? A coach that doesn't trust that player with shooting. So they want to maximize their chances. That's what it is. They're just yelling at the shitty shooters on the team. Because there's no way a coach challenges a person who knows how to shoot. Especially if they know how to shoot overhand and underhand on top of like any other type of finish. Exactly. Yo, I know you saw B spitting on Twitter today, Dom, but I wanted to get your guys' opinion on uh, this. Somebody tweeted at his like video that he made about how he was pumped about the merger and everything. Yeah. Um, someone said, "Hey, Beast, we're more uh, we're for more lacrosse, but having a panic attack over the loss of home stadiums, all for having everyone in one league, but worried about the loss of community touch as a lacrosse parent and local lacrosse board member trying to grow the game, and then Beast dropping straight knowledge and was like, fair. Uh, the argument, however, is that if hometown teams was such a draw, then why couldn't any team ever consistently fill a stadium in Long Island, arguably the biggest hotbed in the sport? We never filled both sides at Hofstra. Traveling model is key right now. But then someone said, uh, respect your response. I think the travel model works now when you're trying to grow the sport and the game and the product years one to three ish. But ultimately to thrive, I feel you have to have a city association can lead to regional TV deals, more community engagement, uh, et cetera. And then Greg said uh, it could, in theory, it just hadn't happened in the 20 year history of major league lacrosse. So many long, uh, so maybe long-term with everyone pulling in the same direction, it could be possible one day. Do you think we ever go back to home stadiums? I do. I think after we expand enough, to where we're at the same amount of teams as like the NLL, like 15, 16 teams. You have a fan base who is dedicated and will show up for those games. You need, first of all, the, the, the seats need to sell out in this year and next year if we're doing fans in the stadiums. And if they're consistently selling out and we have a good amount of teams, that's when you start bringing it back to uh, settled home stadiums. That's when you start bringing them back to settled cities. I think the number needs to be double that. Double that. I think it needs to be to the to the point of like the NBA or the NFL, where That's you have it. a large like over twenty teams, anywhere between twenty and thirty teams, and and you have enough markets where it's profitable for the league as a business to operate under that. Because yeah, there's can't. there's two things you got to think about. It's more than just growing the game and 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 bringing out the crowds. What do the crowds do? They bring in money to the league. And if you're placing teams, and, and you're talking about a small number of teams, so, so let's, let's say maybe the markets that they place them in, it's only 
two of the eight teams are successful. You're not running a good business as a league, right? Six of your teams are not bringing in enough money for this league to operate correctly. And that's what that's what Beast is talking about with the with the uh, um with the the MLL when he used to play in it. Yeah. You gotta think when Beast came into the league, they were they were wearing like CPX like CPXs, like the classic CPX helmet. Like you're talking you're talking about Mad long ago when he played in the league, and and you're still thinking and you're talking about the golden era of MLL. And still, right? It, you, you're not. You didn't fill the stadium. You're playing at. You know. You're not seeing the barrage play at the link when they were originally in Philly. They're not oh, playing wow. there. So you know. Uh, it, it, you need a large amount of teams. You need a proven showing that enough cities will show out for lacrosse games for that to even be a thing, right? The tour model. Not only are you growing the game by bringing the sport to markets that don't normally see the sport, you're enhancing and maximizing the amount of money you can make in each market in a single weekend. With the amount of teams, like think about like the MLL weekends, right? How many games are there normally? Six, seven, right? Because if there's if there's 15 teams, right, you've got one team that doesn't play and then you've got seven games. You can play that in a weekend. You can play a Friday night doubleheader. You can have three games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, an entire weekend, and you have 15 teams in the league. One team has a bye, right? You're maximizing the amount of money, a three-day weekend of lacrosse in good weather in the summer all across the nation. When you double that and you get to 30 and you're like, okay, well, we've gone to about 30 different markets over the course of what? Like, you got to say, like, this tour model, if with the type of expansion, they're going to have to be going for almost a decade, right? We've been to over 30 markets, over 10 years. We've got the data. We know which markets work best. We've got 30 teams, or we've got the idea of opening 30 teams. The PLL model showed that they that you can still create a high level playing multiple games in a week. Why not? Why I not think- now make that jump, right? Make that jump after you have, show, have shown success year after year after year as a tour model, but then you're you know you're also taking that risk of that not working. Yeah. I think the tour model is like the foundation of the PLL, so I think the tour model's staying. It's just a matter of how many you know grade A teams are going to be in the PLL, and then say like the the concept we brought up of you know either a, a minor league system or a secondary tour, do those secondary teams become home-based teams where that's where you know that, you know, these teams are playing, that's where these players are at, and then you build it that way, and then once you're in the quote-unquote big league, you're on the tour. That's a good idea. That's not a bad idea. Right, we never we've had this talk before about what what happens with the league. But right, we've never gotten this detailed into it now, right? Because now, now it's here. It's now never the merger never happened. Now we can speculate these things, right? So, um, it it it's kind of crazy, right? But maybe even if they do settle on the tour just ending, right, and they all settle down as teams, you know, the United States of America is a very large place. 
right? Yeah. When you're talking, when you're talking just in a single European country and they have so many teams and they're there for cities, but not every team is in the top league, right? In America, we have this kind of idea where there's just one main league and it's in so many big cities all around the country. Smaller market teams may start out in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Bigger market teams start out in the top division. And now, oh, you want to bring all that money into to, into your, your market by playing the best teams with the best players? Get yourself to the top. Right? Why not? If, think- if you settle down, and, and let's say we have 30 teams, both with expansion where you're at maybe 15 teams in the PLO, you got 15 minor league teams as well. Why not settle down? Now you've got 30 markets in the U.S., all with a team, one of two leagues. You've got proven fan bases for each league in those, in those specific areas, right, where you know they're going to latch on to a team. I don't see why they wouldn't why it wouldn't settle down eventually. Plus, I, I think the goal is to eventually settle down because once you're in a specific city, that's where the community, that's where the fan base is really built up and built up strong. Exactly. You know, in Philadelphia, that we hook onto a team and we'll ride or die for them basically immediately. Yeah. Look at the Wink. Look at the Union. The Sons of Ben have been there since day one, and they are not. They they want that fandom. Yeah, I agree. It's too good of like, like they want that kind of fandom and fan base for lacrosse. They want to bring that in. That's like the last thing they're missing, right? You've got people with allegiances, but it's a tour model, right? So you've got these allegiances all over the country. You want to pack a stadium once you build the culture and you build a fan base for this, and then you centralize in cities, stadiums are going to fill. Which only adds to that kind of soccer aesthetic that they want in the first place anyway, right? Now you've got the now you got the chants, you've got the drums in the stands, you've got you've got you've got anything, you've got like think about that. The the Redwoods settle in say Maryland, right? The Baltimore Redwoods or 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 if they're the Redwoods, right, they gotta go to a more forest place that has redwood trees. But let's I don't I don't know, but like let's say let's say the water dogs, right? Sent in Baltimore. Baltimore water dogs. And they play, and you've got a giant like water dog logo like being held up in the in the fan in like the in the uh in the crowd. Water dog logo painted at midfield. Yeah, like it it it's it's the league's goal to get there. It's the league's goal to get there because if they don't, they're missing out on on something that these other American leagues have, right? And if you want to be at that level. You have to eventually go there. I'll play devil's advocate to it. Yeah. So, say they stick with the tour-based model, but they know, you know, say, like, Redwoods have the the giant fan bases in Columbus, Ohio, because of Nat St. Laurent. They've got a giant fan base in Philly, and they've got a giant fan base in Atlanta. You know, say they continue expanding and they have the multiple tour type things. You just say, Hey, we're going to put the Redwoods on obviously the, the main event tour. And that main event tour is going to include these hotspot cities so that we get, you know, the rabid fan bases that are regional to come out to 
these spots and and pack it in with these fans and have the rivalry matchups. So, you know, Atlanta, uh, Columbus, Philly, whatever it may be, we're going to have Redwoods whip snakes go down in those cities. Yeah, I mean, this is another reason to wait to settle down until you get to, again, 30, 30 teams, like Tom said. Uh, because once you have an established 30, an established 20-plus even, you can go to those territories, those areas where maybe one team is more popular than the other. There are, like, two big popular teams. But, like, say the Redwoods and the Cannons are both extremely popular in Boston. Obviously, the Cannons are going back. That makes it easy enough. You just got to look at which team is the most popular in an area. But then again, that goes back to what if like the Redwoods are the most popular team in both Philly and Atlanta. So. Well, you also, I'm going to kind of argue Kyle's point. Think about this. In the NFL, in Major League Baseball, in Major League Baseball even the NBA, you've had organizations that have moved from one city to another. This is why you have Cowboys fans in Jersey. This is why you have Rams fans in, 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 like, before they moved back to L.A., you had Rams fans in L.A. You've got these fans in in all these different areas. There's a large, uh, weren't the Cowboys originally from, like, Indiana? Or, like, in that area? Well, the Colts were Baltimore. I don't know about the Cowboys. The Colts were in Col- I think the Cowboys have always been Dallas. Yeah. I I don't know if they yeah, it may not be Dallas, but it was yeah, like the Colts, I know, yeah, the Colts moved from Baltimore to Indiana. I bet you if we look at Baltimore, there's still a large Colts fan base, right? You've got large fan bases of of different teams all around the nation, regardless of the sport you talk about, right? A lot of the Dodgers That also creates rivalry. That also creates rivalry, right? Yeah. Because let's say, okay, yeah, Atlanta has a giant Redwoods population. But they put the whip snakes there. Ooh. Now you've got rivalry night markets as well. Because you're going to have the fans of lacrosse that are in that area. Even if they are Redwoods fans, they're like, oh, well, if they're going to the, the, the city model, I'll support the Redwoods. Or I'll support the whip snakes. But then you're also going to have the teams that are like, oh, nah. Well, now I know that as long as they're in the top division, I'm going to get a home game to watch against our rivals and my favorite team when they come down here because there's no way that we're not getting a home game against Redwoods. Yeah. I think right? it, it's going to grow in each market itself. Uh, like imagine uh, whip snakes being put in Maryland, the old school Maryland team, pretty much. Imagine those games against Atlas because we saw how well they did at what the Hopkins Stadium a couple yep. years ago. Yeah. The the first sellout in PLL history. You need to have uh, that rivalry is an important aspect that will constantly get fans into seats. I honestly would not be like surprised to see like. Baltimore get Atlas and just Annapolis or like the DC area or some someplace like get Maryland, right? Even College Park. What if College Park just had one of the top 
college lacrosse teams and then also had top Maryland. pro lacrosse. Yeah, a pro lacrosse team and they had the whip snakes there. It would, that would be kind of cool. But yeah, or you even got- if you even if you keep the tour model and you just know that each year it's almost kind of like a concert, like when a band goes on tour, you know they're going to yeah. hit those big market cities if they're going on a, a huge tour. Or yeah, you, know this, you know that uh, Whip Snakes are going to be playing Atlas Media at the Hopkins or Maryland Stadium. You know that uh, the Redwood Whip Snakes game is probably going to happen in like Philly or like New York or a big market area, mm-hmm. something like that. You would, if if the league expands past 15 and they stay with the tour based model, you're not going to see every team at every city. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to see you're uh-huh. going to see tour you're going to see tour stops, but there's going to be multiple tour stops during weekends in different cities with different teams there. So it's like kind of like what you said, Kyle. Like when you're looking up festival lineups or you're looking up a concert like a like a concert tour date like schedule you're not going to see every artist in your city right not every artist comes to philadelphia or not every festival comes to philadelphia and if it does not every artist comes to that festival right so you're going to have okay maybe there are three different dates in philly that you know uh pll teams are going to come and this weekend of games is going to have these teams. This weekend is going to have these teams. This weekend is going to have this these teams. So if you are a fan, super fan, right, of a specific team, you're going to make sure you go to that week. If you're just a lacrosse fan, you're going to make sure you go to all three because you want to see all the teams. I right. Think that, I think that that's kind of what if the league expanded to a point where it has that many teams, right? You're going to you're going to have to see they're going to have to make compromises somewhere. Because you're you're not gonna see them go from city to city with 20 teams playing 10 games in a weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Or the or the tour concept stays the same, but it it alters to where we've talked about this before, Dom. Where you have X teams. So say say you're at a 20 team capacity right now. Uh, at some point, 10 teams start out on the West Coast. 10 teams start on the East Coast. They make their way through their side of the tour map. They meet somewhere in the middle. That's your all-star weekend. And then yep. second or, half of the season, or you the flip-flop. Other end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, so we talked about that with being conferences, even though they're technically not conferences, right? Because you're not playing on a specific coast. But they're still conferences, right? You're still, you still got one group of teams. And then another group of teams. And then based off of those, that's how you make the playoff schedule bracket. And then you're good. Right. And so even and even conference wise, like it could change the following year where like, you know, you have whip snakes start on the West Coast and come east. And then you have the cannons starting east and go west. And then the following year, it flip flops. Yep. So it's not like set in stone conferences, but it's like it's kind of like or, you have this side and that side going. And then or you play the minor league pro- you play the minor league card and you have the minor league start yeah. on the West coast and then the, and the major league start on the East coast or vice yeah. versa. Right. Cause you want, maybe you want the big game like season opener in a, in a market where you're trying to grow the game, right. Go out on the West coast, bring out them crowds in the West coast and, and move it along. And then when, when the playoff race gets crazy big, right. You've got the big teams moving up the big market East coast where you're going to have a lot of spots. And then you've got, 
the minor leagues working down the West Coast, right? And then you're playing for promotion or relegation, right? And it gets huge. So, you know, maybe we do see that, you know, kind of flip-flop model, right? Especially if they go into this, you know, battle for relegation and promotion. That would be kind of cool. Starting the minor leagues out on the East Coast would be a good idea, too, because then if it is like the old MLL teams, like the Barrage and the Lizards, you could have them play in their home cities off the gun, get those fans in early, and then, again, go, go from there, move west. Yeah, and then those those big-name teams, when they come from west to east, they're going to play in a bigger stadium. So, like, the Lizards, if they, you know, are in that quote-unquote minor league, they're going to play at Hofstra. But when, you know, Redwoods Whipsnakes comes east, they're going to play at, like, a Red Bull or potentially, like, a MetLife or something like that. Mm-hmm. Imagine and, selling out a portion of MetLife for a lacrosse game. Even the lower absurd. bowl, the lower bowl being full would be insane. And then yeah, you, yeah, you got to think. You mentioned like they meet midway for All Star Weekend, so the All Stars of one league play the All Stars of the other league. Exactly. And then once the once the relegation is all done, right, promotion, and then you have your playoffs, right? You take the champion from each one, and they play each other for some sort of other trophy. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, kind of like what like the Prem does with the Community Shield, right? You take the FA Cup and the League Cup winner, and they all play together. They play against each other. Um, yeah, like how we have the Alternative Cup and the NLO. Yeah, exactly. Teams. Exactly. So you've got some sort of like other trophy that is up for grabs when you win the playoffs for each league, right? Kind of like how the M- how the MLS has like, oh, you have the the MLS Supporter Shield, which mm-hmm. is basically like you have the best record in the league with the most points. But then you also go into the MLS Cup, the playoffs. Right. Everybody wants to win the MLS Cup. Nobody cares about being on top of the points, you know, in the MLL or the MLS because there's no relegation, right? There's no promotion. With one league, you've got you've got a celebratory thing because you won the league, right? You're getting promoted. But maybe you're a team that didn't get to that promotion spot, and now you're in the playoffs to also earn a chance at promotion. I think that. I think that also if we do do this like minor league idea, the team that comes in first at the end of the season doesn't need to go into playoffs. They've already won. They've destroyed the league. They won their trophy. Now give the next four teams a chance of promoting. Have them play playoffs. Have them play playoffs. You bring two teams up, up. bring two teams down. Yeah. The champions should always just be automatic. I don't don't understand. Yeah. I don't think any league would do it where, uh, I mean, if you win, you are the best. You deserve to move up. Just having to play more would be cruel. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think one team, obviously, you know, as it's slowly growing, one team promotion relegation happens, but I think they bring it to two. Eventually. I think they bring it to two. This also allows room for an USA Cup, right? An um, yeah. interleague cup where you have both teams playing in a giant playoff bracket for a single trophy, right? There's so many possibilities, dude, now that the leagues have merged and it's just ridiculous, you know, to even think about. And I'm super excited to see what the PLL does with all of this new stuff that they just got through this deal. 
You think Boston keeps their coaching staff? Probably. I wouldn't Interesting. I wouldn't Since... see why you'd get rid of a title-winning coaching staff just because you're owned by a different league now. Well, it'll be interesting because it's not going to be the same team because everybody on that Boston team is now going into the expansion draft and they're pretty much all up for grabs with all eight teams. This is also interesting. Yeah, but that that can also lead to some pretty interesting stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do they decide to take players that they know? Or do they decide to try and build the best team they can? Maybe it doesn't work out because you've got players that don't click with either the coaching staff or other players and and. Now you've got moves being made, and it shakes up the league. I don't know. It's interesting. We're just in new territory here, and this is fun as hell. Like, yeah, what a time to be a lacrosse fan. Seriously. The two professional outdoor leagues merged. You've got Michael Sowers at Duke. Um, <laughs> you've got, you got a lot of stuff going That's on. That's the right other now. thing, too. This college draft is going to be the, the most – deep college draft we've ever had that there's got to be something in place for Tohoka. Like this is Tohoka's normal senior class. And then you got all the guys that took the extra year as seniors to go back and play like Sowers, um, you know, Jeff T you've, you've got a number of guys who technically should have graduated last year, but are going back. You got Drake Porter going back to Syracuse. Like, there's a number of guys that are coming out into the college draft. So it's going to be interesting to see how the PLL approaches that, too, with limited number of roster spots, the player pool. Plus, you got guys from last year that weren't even on PLL Island like JoJo Marasco. Ooh. Yeah, and again, you said Matt Landis earlier. He's coming back. Matt Landis is coming back. How does it affect, you know, these teams, these teams that – it were in the MLL last year, like the two guys from army that, you know, they chose the MLL because it fit with their military obligations. Do they put an end to their professional career now? Because they're not in a home base there. There's so much that like yeah, comes into play the because there are guys obviously that play for chaos that have military obligations. So do they kind of, you know, pick their brains and see how it works for them. Like there's so much that unfolds now. And then the other, you know, unfortunate thing that we don't know all the details of is, you know, how does the league approach all of these city-based employees now that, you know, the leagues merged, are they losing their jobs? You know, it's a, it's a weird situation with that too. How many, of these, you know, localized team employees oh, yeah. are now unemployed. If they are, you know, we don't know all the details, but hopefully, you know, the Rables and the the PLL figure out a way that if they aren't going to continue working for the PLL, there's an opportunity for, you know, a contract buyout or something like that to where, you know, they're still financially stable, especially since, you know, it's the holidays. It's it's a bummer to think about. And it's a pandemic. Yeah. Right. It's it's a double whammy. Uh, of I mean, time to be out of a job. As shitty as it kind of sounds, that's how business goes, right? Especially when there's mergers, right? Mm-hmm. This is like what happened with the in the episode of The Office. Think about like how how the entire Scranton branch thought that with the merger they were going to lose their jobs, right? 
it's a sad reality of like what we have to what we have to deal with when when two companies decide to do that right there's going to be people let off how much do you think the pandemic played into the merger happening now probably a lot Big because who knows how the mlo would have done this season or how the PLO would have done the season in a normal year it could have happened sooner it could have happened much later uh, you really never know what could have happened we're living like this. Not only did the did the MLO try something different than what has been proven to work, a bubble, working the NBA, worked for the PLO. They didn't try that. They tried to keep their players distant from everybody and, and kind of quarantine and do whatever. But then you saw that they couldn't even have a final because players had COVID. Yeah, the final got wonked up, even though they were in a a bubble. It was just, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a poorly, legit bubble. It was a poorly written bubble, and not bubble. only that. I mean, they had the they had the ESPN Plus deal, but you're not getting complete national coverage, right? Because you have to pay for ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it was on ESPN Plus. That shows you the publicity when they put out the news. The PLO knew, knows how to create publicity. The PLO knows how to get into homes that don't already know about lacrosse. The MLO doesn't do game is perfect. What was that? The social media game is really what helps them a lot. Exactly. That's going to help MLL, so many players, too. MLO social media is trash. Up until this year, it, it was very lackluster. I think... One of the big takeaways from the MLL bubble this year was their social team and their content teams stepped up in a massive way. Well, they had to, to what in the seen. middle of a pandemic. Like they balled out from, you know, putting out up to the second content the way that the PLL did all of 2019. I was thoroughly impressed with the way the MLL just ops team, their social team, like got content out to people because Obviously, like we we cover the PLL more in depth because we were able to go to games last year and and cover the league, but you know we were planning on going and covering the Philadelphia Barrage if a pandemic yeah. didn't happen. We were planning yeah. on going to different spots, but I think if, if the PLL can pluck some of these social people and add them to their content team and just continue to teach them different tricks of the trade we could see a whole brand new just like combustion of content from the league if all of these minds come together the way that you know they're putting the leagues together that's going to be a fun aspect of all of this is seeing how the content teams potentially come together and and produce next level next generation content well the one thing I used to notice about, like, remember when they put out, like, that, like, logo or, like, the like the graphic on Instagram and it kind of looked like a NASCAR, like, flyer? Yes. Like, for the start of a season? Yeah. Yeah, like, it, yeah. it always just didn't have the right aesthetic. The PLL does have the right aesthetic. I think that partially the pandemic played into a part into this deal, but I also think that the PLL had a lot of things that the MLO needed and yeah. wanted. And the only way that they were going to get them is if they merged. 
I think that that Mike and Paul had that sort of like bargaining power with the other league to tell them like, yo, like if you want access to this stuff or you like you guys notice like this is something that you're lacking. We have it. You might as well do this and we can all prosper because it's only one guy that owned the league. It's not like you're dealing with multiple owners of different teams in different markets. Mm -hmm. Technically, they're in different markets, but they're all owned by the same person. I think the other thing, too, is like just the the social presence, the social presence we're going to get from the players now that are coming from the MLL to the PLL. Like we saw it last year, like how many people knew who Zach Courier was, but just forgot, quote unquote, about Zach Courier. You know, how many people like the guys that came over last year, even Dylan Ward, he didn't play. But people saw Dylan Ward like. Just seeing Dylan Ward on the sidelines in his sweatpants was a social yeah. media phenomenon. Yeah. So I mean, the amount of guys like Kyle Jackson, Randy Stotts, Lyle, the the social media push, even for the smaller name guys, it's gonna do wonders. How many people were talking about Matt Cavanaugh up until the last two years, you know, in the spotlight the way that they are now? Yeah. Only like hardcore fans of like Notre Dame or college lacrosse really was we're talking about him that much. Look at what social media did for Ryder. Oh my god, yeah. Ryder took it. Well and that's the thing. The the field doesn't really Yeah, Nick Casella doesn't really see the field, but he's one of the most popular players in the league because he's funny. Yep. Like Yeah, you don't see the MLO micing players up. You don't see the MLO making the, the social media content like that, right? It's all highlights for the most part. So it's like, and and you need that as a league, right? Uh, The the only time you hear, you knew about these players to play to your guys' points is that you were a hardcore player of the game and fan of the game, right? That's the only way you knew who Matt Cavanaugh was. It's the only way you know who like Mark Matthews was. If you ask the casual lacrosse fan a few years ago, like, yo, name some of the, some of your favorite players. Oh, you know, it's like Paul Rabel. Kyle Harrison. It's like Kyle Harrison. You're talking about the best of the best at the time or like the top like five players, right? Mm-hmm. So like you ask somebody now like, oh yeah, like who's your favorite player? Oh, you know Matt Rambo. Oh, you know Tom Schreiber. Oh, Zed Williams. Zed Williams. So, you know, like you hear those names. You don't, you, but now you could ask somebody, right? Like me, I've been playing for a while and I've been watching the game, but you could ask somebody like, yo, who's your favorite player? Ned Crotty. Yep. Who's your favorite player? Matt Connor Marden. Farrell. Connor, yeah. I like. I drink milk like Connor Farrell. Like, like, bro. Like, who's your favorite player? Oh, uh, Sergio Salcido, because he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Who was left out of the top fifty this year? Let me just mention that real quick. Um, right. Was, so you, you've got you've got you've got a league that knows how to create narratives, and a league that knows how to stir things up. Think about what happened when Gaudet went crazy. Mm-hmm. The league ate it up. They ate up the Twitter beef between two people taking sides. People Who saying, are friends. "Yeah, people people saying it was uncalled for and terrible for the game." And then people who were saying it's part of the game, like it's always been a part of the game, and it just happened to be magnified because he happened to be mic'd up. Dude, Regardless of a... if he was mic'd up or not, he would have been chirping like that. Oh yeah. Players chirp like that. You just happen to see it that game. 
Look at the right. social blow up we got for a guy who's older than some of these younger dudes, but is still a freaking baller. Curtis Dixon in the spotlight. People were gravitating towards him. Exactly. And unless you're an NLL fan yeah. watching him go Superman, you're not talking about Curtis Dixon in the same breath as, you know, Paul Rabel and, and Miles Jones. And, a hardcore fan. Right. It's the only way. So, you know, that that's something that the MLL could never do. Nobody can tell. The only player in the MLL that people probably know is Lyle Thompson because he's the face of Nike lacrosse. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, people don't know. If you mention Colin Heacock, people don't know who that is. People might not know who Shane Jackson is, and he's yeah. been falling out. And, and we're talking about ballers. We're talking about guys who score goals in this league. Mark Matthews. You don't Kyle Jackson, Challen Rogers, like they're certified ballers coming over to this league now. And the MLL can't even like capitalize on that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like they had to. They just I think it was more the social media than COVID. I think it was a good combination of the two. It's definitely a combination, but I think it was more the reach and and what the PLO had to offer for these players and you know the league just couldn't handle it especially one guy one guy is handling five teams in markets that are probably like yo like we're losing our players because of this right like how do you think the New York Lizards fans thought like damn we just lost our best player because there's a better lacrosse league after losing our entire roster the year before. Why am I still a fan? Our most notable name is Jojo Marasco. You know what I'm saying? Like, last year, the most notable player on the Lizards was Dylan Malloy. Yeah, Dylan Malloy, Jojo Marasco. Well, Jojo didn't even play. He was on the Redwoods in 2019, and then he got waived and didn't even make the roster. That's right. I'm thinking he was on the, he was on the roster beforehand. Yeah, he was he was with them. He left with all the big guns right. after 2018. Yeah, you're right. It was him, Will Manny, Rabel. Oh, who am I know. thinking of then? It's not JoJo. It's uh, it's another Syracuse player, I think. But um, but even to the same extent, right? Oh, who's our who's our team's best player now? Dylan Malloy, who is a baller, right? Mm-hmm. He he put Brown University on I his back. He's a very good lacrosse player and deserves to be in the PLL. You know, we've been, I've been, I've been one big proponent of that. You know, I've been a supporter of that since, you know, day one. But you got to think like, oh, I can be a fan of a team with Dylan Malloy and a bunch of other guys. Or I can go be a fan of a team with Trevor Baptiste, Paul Rabel, Scotty Rogers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Guys that used to play for my team. Yeah, I could go follow RP3 and be a fan of Atlas. Or, I, you know, I can, you know, Beast is a legend for the, for the team. Now I'm a Redwoods fan. Yeah. You're losing fans of your league, first off, because of the incompetence. Then you got to deal with... Then you got to deal with COVID and the incompetence there. And then you got to deal with not an incompetent social media team because they did, like you said, 
during the bubble put in. It's more work. just the the ownership side of things that we've exactly. always addressed on this show is has been the problem. It's been exactly. the the just failure of the the higher ups to the players and to the fans. And this fixes that because now you're not dealing with distance issues. This is a traveling thing. Yeah, because I mean, even look last year. If it wasn't a bubble, you had six teams, but you had five all within three hours of each other, and then you had Denver. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, what are you doing? Who Denver it's, lost a majority of their, you know, championship run roster. They had a team in Dallas for one year. Yeah. One of the best teams and historic teams in Ohio of the league disbanded because they couldn't survive the PLO migration. You're talking you're talking cornerstone pieces of the machine all left. Marcus Holman when he was balling. Scotty Rogers, Kyle Harrison, and more. Right? So like the league has just been incompetent because you've got one owner that just doesn't know how to do this thing. It was a glorified men's league. That's what it was. The NLL is a league. The PLL is a league. The MLL is a men's league that just the best players in the world happen to play in. That's all it was. For the sake of everybody, this was the thing that needed to be done. Yeah. And I mean, now that we got more players, who knows what next year's top 50 list is going to look like. But this year's top 50 list is wild. To think that this list at number 50 starts with Brent Adams is stupid. We're starting at 50? Yeah. Brent Adams is number 50 on this list. That's way too low for him. It's way too low after the season he had and just the way that he was versatile and dynamic for that Redwoods team. Like, he went and played attack in a game when he's a, a known midfielder and balled out as a defensive midfielder. Like certified baller, and he's number fifty. Like I would have, you could put Brent Adams in the top twenty, and I'd probably have no issue with it. Yeah, yep, I agree. Uh, Dominique Alexander at number forty-nine, which last year, let's see where these guys ranked as well. Um. So last year, Brent Adams was number 36 on the list. And Dominique was number 28 on the list last year. Yeah. Then you go, Jake Fricaro took a massive drop, which I mean, I understand didn't have the type of season that he had in 2019. He was ranked number 16 last year. He drops into number 48. Uh, and then the first non-ranked player from 2019, Connor Farrell, comes in at 47. I personally would have had Connor Farrell higher. He had one hell of a season. Like, arguably second best. You gotta, you gotta take, you gotta take um position into account. For sure, but he was the second best. So you gotta, you gotta think like, you gotta think not only are these guys ranked out of the league, out of the top 50, but you also now have to think, well, where do you rank? in your position 
And then when you're talking about that, right? You're, you're, you then have to say, like, who's the better lacrosse player? So who has better stick skills or who's better at this, who's better at that, right? I think it would be better to start at the top and talk about the top and work the way down. Because then you can say, like, oh, this person's definitely better than this. This person's definitely better than this. Like, we got we to gotta look, like, does Connor Farrell, like, let me ask you this. Does Connor Farrell add more to your team than Connor Kelly? What Connor Farrell does for Chrome, I think, is more important than what Connor Kelly did for the Water Dogs this year. Yeah. Now you're talking I mean, about an MVP. You're talking about an MVP situation instead of best player. Because James Harden won the MVP or was in, always an MVP. Or let's say uh, um, uh, uh, Russell Westbrook won an MVP when he averaged a triple-double during the season. But is he the best player in the league? No, no, he wasn't even he's not even like in, in like top 10. And these are obviously based off of player votes and off of last year's stats. This yeah. you know, this past summer stats. So, I mean, the top 10, I, I don't really have any gripes with it. You know, number one, Tom Schreiber, he was number two last year. Rambo, number two this year, he was one last year. Zed Williams comes in first year in the league. He deserves number three. Absolutely deserved. Earhart at four might be the only like one you could argue being, you know, where it's at, especially since he came on late in the year. But again, it's something, you know, he was number four last year. So I I, I don't really have any issue with it. Nardella at five makes total sense. He was 29th last year. He, he was an absolute maniac. Um, arguably yeah. the MVP of Zed Williams that. doesn't do what he did. And then we already, we already talked about Blaze at six, right? Why? Well, and why I think year. that. Um, and then, and then you kind of start now, now we get into the talk, right? Like, especially like what, what this eight, nine Jordan Wolf, Josh Byrne, who do you think is better? I think Josh Byrne. And let me ask you this. Do you think that Matt Dunn is better than both of them? I was shocked Josh Byrne wasn't in the top five. If I if I had to make an adjustment, I'd probably put Nardella four because he was he went absolutely nuclear. To win seventy two percent of your faceoffs is Unreal. ridiculous. Unreal. His season was wild. And then I'd probably put Josh Byrne at five because he came on like no other, had 13 goals, was doing – like, without Josh Byrne, chaos is not in the championship game. I'll say that. Uh, cool. Blaze at six, you could you could make the argument for Blaze to be in the top five because without Blaze, again, chaos is not in the championship game. Matt Dunn, I think, is the best defenseman in the league. Do you think he holds more weight than Jordan Wolf and Josh Byrne, though? I don't think he does. I think Josh Byrne, again, as Kyle was saying, was it was him and Blaze that carried chaos to the championship game. Look at how badly they played. Well, they were the only two playing well, realistically, in those first four seeding games when they weren't going four. And then in the playoffs, they just came alive, and look where they ended up. Josh Byrne and Blaze Reardon were the most important parts of that chaos team. And they should be ranked a bit higher than they are. Again, though, I think this plays to my point, and this may be why Earhart is fourth as well. You're talking about winning a trophy. Right. You're talking about winning the league. 
and right? Matt Dunn, without his defense, Whip Snakes doesn't win that championship. So that's I true. can, I can I understand mean, why he's at number seven. That's true. His body and that's and that's also the reason why Burnlore is tenth. Right, he was second best goalie. Like if Blaze doesn't do what he does, Burnlore was the best goalie in the league last year. Easily. Do you think that Grant Ament deserves twelfth? Absolutely. Yeah. The man, rookie of the year by a mile. And he, he's proving that he's here to stay. I would look out for him to be within the top six or seven next season, honestly. There's nothing but growth for him in the future. You think – so So we're, we're – I don't I don't know if I want to make a decision just yet. He's better than Gutty. He's better than Curtis Dixon. He's better than well. I think we we both are, agree now. He did. A, he had a better season than Rob Pinnell. Absolutely. I I think I think Grant had I a better it's season. Deserved. It's deserved for sure. I think Grant, while it kind of hindered what Marcus Holman did because he didn't get as many touches on the ball last year, I think Grant. Being at the, you know, centerpiece of that Archers team, let that offense like come to life because it opened up yep. so many doors for other players. It wasn't just Holman and Manny leading the way. It was Holman, I can agree, Manny, I can agree Grant, with that. Josh and, Courier, and then uh, when it, Schreiber, you know, when it they, comes to X attackman as well, he's below Wolf and Burn, so it makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Right, because Jordan Wolf is obviously the quintessential ex attackman. Yeah. Josh Byrne is is the secondary guy because Josh Byrne plays a little more on the wing every now and then because he's a lefty. Mm-hmm. But you, you see that like Josh Byrne also played behind a lot in their offensive sets. And Josh Byrne didn't really come on until, you know, they made the lineup switch. Grant is just that one step below, just right there. But you know, like you guys said, next season for sure he's making yeah. that like. Kavanaugh, I did not have an issue with him being at 11 because without Jules, he had to become kind of the focal point of the offense, and he he carried that Redwoods team. Um, so I was cool with him being at 11. He was 10th last year. Makes a ton of sense. Zach Courier, Ned Crotty at 13-14. I saw, I think it was Jake Watt put it on Twitter. If you would remove the ones from in front of them, it, it, you wouldn't have blinked because I think they were that good for their teams, respectively. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. There would be there would be more room to argue, right? Like, oh my God, they kicked Zed out of the top three, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm biased about Ned Crotty. I think Crotty was sensational last but year. He was Crotty, absolutely incredible. He turned it around big time from two years ago too, because he wasn't great in the inaugural season. But no. man, was he on fire last year. And I think coaching played a big part in all of the Chrome guys taking a step forward. Yeah. Plus, Courier coming in at 13, he missed time because he had that concussion from the first game. So, I mean, imagine if Courier gets the opportunity to play in every single game. He might be even higher on this list. Oh, yeah, he would have had himself a good season. John House at 15. He wasn't ranked last year. He had a hell of a season. He had 13 points for Whip Snakes. And I mean, you're talking about another, you know, trophy winner, right? Another champion. Garrett, Garrett Apple at 16. Does he doesn't not, deserve to be on this list. Get him off the list. Get, 
Just get him off the list. Don't rank him. He doesn't deserve it. Like, he missed a game because he got suspended. He he always seemed, like, he he deed up Matt Rambo well in that Whipsnakes Redwoods game. But. Oh, good for him. You he know. Lost of the time. Like, Apple just he was he was a step behind. He was he was like a, a statue in the middle of that defense. And he was the guy that Redwood's defense was looking for somebody to step up when Matt Landis obviously didn't play this year. You needed that defenseman to step up and everyone thought it was gonna be Garrett Apple after the season he had in twenty nineteen. And for him to move up on the rankings this year, I, I thought was pretty asinine. Didn't even have a single cause turnover this year. My man was looking for weak over checks. He was mm. a fourth grader learning how to check for the first time. It was so stupid. Will House wasn't ranked last year. He comes in at 17 for Chrome. I thought he was fantastic in that midfield. Again, another guy that benefited from the coaching change. I mean, a lot of the clone guys were just solid. You you look at uh, what fifteen through twenty five here, uh, the exception of Garrett Apple, everybody was just solid. You're talking about a Chrome team that was undefeated for a long time too. Right. Exactly. You yeah, guys, Curtis, Curtis at eighteen is Superman. Yeah. Makes sense. Rock star. He was sensational for chaos in his first year in the league. Uh, Channy drops on the list. Obviously, he wasn't as lethal as he was last year. Um, but still, he's in the top 20. And, you know, he, he ranks here. And last year, he was the two-bomb king. He didn't even have a single two-point goal this year. Shocking. And then... Uh, Gutty should, should be at 16 where Apple is. Gutty is ranked a bit low for my liking. I, I, I would put Curtis Dixon at 16, if anybody. I know Curtis was... Yeah. Okay. Gutty at 17 through 9, 20 is a bit low. I think I think Trevor's low, but it, it, it's a little more deserved this year. Yeah, I mean, Trevor didn't have his best season this year. Nope. Plain and simple. Like, he was probably the third best face-off guy, and it was a wide margin between Nardella, wide margin, Connor Farrell, wide margin, then Trevor. Like, Trevor, like, kind of came back down to earth this year as compared to last year, where he was fifth on the list last year. Still won over 50% of his face-offs, but it wasn't as dynamic of a season for Trevor last year than it was in 2020. Everybody on that list had a down year, let's be real. Bryce Young at 22. Bryce had a good season. I'm cool with Bryce being at 22. I'm South fine. Jersey guy. I'm uh, honestly yeah. fine with Rob Pinnell at 23 as well. Yeah. I mean, we're talking a... about a whole bunch of attackmen that were way better than him. And when you're talking about the X position, like behind the net, We've already talked about three guys that are way better than him this year. Yep. Here's another issue I have. Tucker Durkin being a 24. I love Tucker. Great player. It's this solely is off joke. merit. This is a joke. Like it's solely off merit. He missed half the season because obviously he was, you know, dealing with COVID-19. But oh, wait, yeah. 
for him to be at 24 when he showed up halfway through the bubble and they like bent the rules for him to show up, it, there's no reason yeah, Tucker Jerkins should be how, on this list. Remember how there's always that drama when you're finding NBA All-Stars with the voting from the players too? Mm-hmm. And you're like, how the heck did this player get voted? How the heck did this player get voted? How did this player get voted so high? It, it's because like, yeah, just because like the players, you're, these are professional players in this league doesn't mean they always have the best idea. And they also have their biases and allegiances, right? Yep. Durkin's in there solely off merit. It's a name vote. And yep. He's, he's and we're gonna get to that down 12 spots. In a bit. We're absolutely getting to the, uh, the name bias in a bit. Uh, around 43, I want to say. No, 42. Yeah, so top 25 gets rounded out with somebody who I think could have even been higher on this list. Jack Neer was fantastic uh, for Redwoods this year. Only had three points, but just, you know, his presence on the field in that midfield, he was a vocal leader. He was sensational. I, I wouldn't be mad if you put him in the top 20 or even the top 15. He was that good. He was the, the ultimate transition midfield. He out of his mind. He was wiped out in every game. Uh, he dragged Redwoods through a lot of games. He really did. And I think he should be higher. I think he should be top. Then uh, 26, 27, 28 is Ty Warner. He's up from spot 39 last year. He had 16 ground balls this year. Uh, went out as a champion back to back to back years. Um, no problem That's with him being there. Career. Scotty Ratliff. One, two, three, and go out on top. That's bad in the thousands. Yeah. Scott Ratliff at 27. He's uh, up a couple spots from 33 in 2019. Rat was a beast yet again. Uh, Jack Rowlett coming in at 28 is interesting. I didn't think he had that great of a year, um, but he's it's still Twitter presence. And he's he's one of the best young defensemen in the entire league. So I have no and it, he wasn't even ranked last year. And I don't think you, he's better than Jesse Bernhardt. Yeah, I mean you you could interchange those two because um, yeah. they went back to back. You know Jesse Bernhardt's 29, Jack's 28, both of them not ranked for their respective reasons last year. I thought Jack should have been ranked last year. He was fantastic for chaos. Um, Jesse Bernhardt Jesse Bernhard at 29. Yeah, you could definitely make that argument. And then for Sergio to not be in the top 25 is ludicrous to me. Sergio uh, is a top 15 player in the league. Sergio Perkovic, that is, for everybody listening. Uh, he's up a couple spots from 38 last year, but for him to be outside of the top 25 after the year he had with six two bombs, he just kind of revolutionized his game. I I have an issue with that one for sure. I also don't think that Ryder Garnsey is better than Will Manny. I think Will Manny had a better season than Ryder this year. I, I also I think that both of those, both of those guys don't add to the team what Eric Law adds to a team. Eric, Eric Law, Law has the highest conversion percentage in the league. Eric Law was the one reason, the one reason, well, no, in Canada, I'm lying, uh, that Atlas stayed, one of two reasons that Atlas really stayed in their games this year. He just kept scoring when everybody else was falling behind. 
Yeah, but Eric Law didn't have the season he did in 2019. He was good. He was still the, like, go-to guy for, for Atlas if they needed a goal. He was still a threat, but he only had five goals, which is very low for Eric Law, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think a lot of that but adds to... But you're also, to... you're also talking about guys that have made the top 25 based off merit and not yeah, based off absolutely. their season. And, and I okay. think... I think Eddie Glazner deserves to be on this list. He was sensational, especially after not being ranked last year. And I think a lot of that just comes into play from Matt Landis not playing this year. But he took his game to another level. I wasn't as disappointed in Ryder's season as I think a lot of people were. He was ranked 30th last year. He's 32 on this list. I don't have an issue with that, especially because Ryder still balled out. And he's a guy that I think of anybody on that Redwoods offense miss jewels the most where those two yeah. kind of play off of each other and Ryder still had 16 points this year which if is pretty Ryder, damn impressive if for spent less time complaining to the refs he'd be better yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh will manny being at 33 is a huge tank from where he was last year at 13 and i think that's just uh a property of you know you grant, to the team. grant coming in josh courier coming in and Tom Schreiber just continuing to ball out and scoring. Uh, Will still had 10 goals this year. He was he was damn good. He had a way better season than Marcus Holman did, that's for sure. Um, but I, I don't have an issue with Will being at 33, because I still think for that Archers team, Grant and, and Schreiber stole the show overall when you think of the 2020 Archers. Do you think that Miles Jones, Brian Costabile, and Connor Kelly are ranked too low? I think Brian and Costabile. I think based on the seasons that Miles and Connor had, they're right around where they should be. He he produced at a fine level. He was definitely a, always a threat when he was out there. He could have scored a lot more than he did. And I, just again, you gotta look at how the Water Dogs played for Connor Kelly. He, he was scoring out of there, but they didn't really pick it up that much in terms of winning their game. Where Brian Costabile, he came into this is his first season. Like Jones and Kelly kinda had the lay of the land. Costabile came in and kinda just dominated the midfield whenever he was out there. Um the second best rookie to play this year was Costabile also showed that two way middies are a thing in the league. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think Costabile is fine where he's at at thirty seven. You know, he didn't have a massive amount of points, but I think his presence overall was impressive. Um, so him being at 37, the only way for him to go is up. So I'm cool with him being okay. there. I think Miles is a little too low. I think his season, again, he he didn't have the point production I think a lot of people expected, but I also think he was another guy that took a hit with Jules not being on the team this year. Um, but he still put up 13 points. Him and Sergio had chemistry that was unlike any other in that midfield. And I, I thought Miles was fantastic in his first year with a new team. I think you could put Miles in the top 30 and I'd be fine with it. I think of the two, Perk and Miles, I think Perk is uh, way too low. Well, I think they're both a bit low, but like, I think Miles around 30, 31 would make sense, where Perk 
Perks should be in the top 25. Perks should easily be in the top 25. And Connor Kelly at 38, I'm cool with. Paul Randall doesn't deserve to be on the list. Marcus Holman shouldn't be on this no, list. No, he doesn't. If, if, we're, if we're basing this list off of production from last year as the top 50 players in the league, Marcus Holman shouldn't be sniffing this list. And that's no... Well, that's no slight at Marcus for the type of player he is or, you know, who he is. He didn't have a good year last year. No, he had a shitty year. I, I feel like Marcus would be the first to admit he didn't have the best year. Like, and, Marcus was know, on the side of a milk carton all year last year. <laughs> uh, I think Kieran McArdle's way too low for the season he had. Like, Kieran had 14 points. He was arguably the one a offensively for the water dogs. He was, he was lethal from anywhere on the field for him to be at 40. I think is a joke. Yeah, I agree as well. I think that he, he he's, he was that water dogs offense. <laughs> you need you go to him and he, he still get it done. Uh, Tim Troutner, no, Tim Troutner at 41. He's, you know, he moves up the list from being number 50 last year. I thought Tim was great. You know, he's he's one of the best goalies in the league. No problem there. Um, I think he improved. And, you know, he had to do it with one of the best defensemen not being in front of him, and he still balled out. Uh, so I'm cool with that. Rabel being on this list, at least he's 42 and not 14. Um, but- <laughs> That's what I got. If they put him in the top 20, I would have lost my mind. No disrespect to the legend that Rabel is, but this is one of the key reasons I thought he was one of the most overrated players of this season. He didn't have a great year, but he's always going to get the uh, the ratings and the higher like the high scoring. He's going to get the most focus because of who he is. Like Comey had, Comey had one goal. One goal, what, two assists? One goal, four assists. Listen, I, I got I to gotta get close to the camera for this. He's not the player he used to be. No. Remember how I said it's been a decade since I've, since I've played lacrosse? Like, competitively? That's the last yeah. time when Rabel was at the top of his game. Exactly. When he had all his signature pads coming out. He's a YouTuber who happens to play professional yeah. lacrosse. He's a businessman. Like that's that's what Paul Rabel is now. He doesn't. He's not. He's not the Paul Rabel that you know. You just give the ball to, and you know you expect him to do it, right? Like one goal, four assists. You're talking about the former best player in the one world. One goal, four assists. People he's say he's better than Schreiber. Are you kidding me? Bro, people need to come to grips with this fast. Yeah. Uh, Cade Van Raphorst, 43. I'm cool with it. He was one of the bright spots for Atlas, one of the best defenders in the league. Cool with that. Jordan McIntosh at 44. Uh, you know, he was 49 last year. Had a great year. Again, another guy that benefited from the Chrome coaching change. Uh, Jack Kincannon. I'm cool with this. I don't think he had as great of a year as he did in 2019. He goes to 45 from 31. Uh, Jake Bernhardt. 
you know, he's he's 46. He was 20 in 2019. I don't think he was as dynamic as he was in 2019. Um, so I could have made do without him being on this list. Connor Farrow at 47, I feel like is way too low. Um, he had a better season than Trevor and, you know, he won 62. He almost won 10% more of his faceoffs than Trevor did. And I, I think he was just a, he was a huge part of why Chrome stayed undefeated for as long as they did. And for him to be this low, I think is criminal. Jake Fricaro, I don't know why he's on the list. Another guy that didn't have as great of a, a season as he did in 2019. He's at 48 from 16 in 2019. Um, don't see why he's on the list. No no slight to Jake. He's still a damn good player. I just don't think he uh, was a top 50 player last year. Dominique at 49 and then Brent Adams at 50. I think the biggest snub on this list is how the hell is Ryan Drenner not on this list? He got himself, yeah, right? Yeah, he was cooking this year for the uh, Water Dogs. Like, he didn't have the points, but you're telling me Paul Rabel is on this list over Ryan Drenner? Yeah, said. Blasphemous. There are a lot of players you could say that about Paul, Paul Rabel. Like Sergio Salcedo is better than Paul Rabel. Salcedo's not yeah. on the list. There's um, one. Christian Mazzone not on the list after the season Christian he had. Mazzone, what a breakout star of the PLL this year, honestly. You know Brad why he didn't Smith? Do you, know, you know why Mazzone isn't on this top 50 list? That tilt. Yeah, you're not allowed to have second bar syndrome <laughs> and be in the top 50 in the uh, PLO. You're not allowed. you got to fix that tilt, my guy. There's ways to protect yourself and look good. Just, just adjust your straps, bro. Please. It's bad, man. You can't score that many goals and have SBS. You can't be giving these kids with SBS, like, hope that you're going to succeed in this sport, if you don't fix your fucking helmet, yank that shit down and get to business next year because you deserve a top 50 spot. So the uh, league put out a graphic with a couple of players, and I think it's missing one, but they put uh, Salcedo, Jared Newman, which I'm fine with Jared being off the yeah. list because he didn't have a great 2020, he in my opinion. Uh, Connor Fields was left off the list. Even, even so, like him being benched, I still think he's a top 50 player, but... You know, you take that for what it is. Brad Smith being off this list is criminal. You know, he's a guy that when we talked about Whip Snake's roster, you know, preseason, Dom, we said, what is this offense going to be like when it's just Rambo and Zed? Brad Smith was that third cog in the wheel for that offense and went absolutely nuclear. And it was like they didn't skip a beat. We said Mazone. Here's one for you, Dom. Would you rather have Eric Law on this list or Brownie? Ryan Brown was left off the list. Ooh. I, I, I think Eric I don't Law think was probably Law more deserves to be taken off the list in Brownie's favor. I think there Agreed. are other players that could be taken off the list for Brownie. Paul Rabel could be taken off for Brownie. Garrett Eppel should absolutely be taken off for Brownie. Right, we we, we uh, already named like three people, four people that shouldn't be on the list yeah. in the first place, and are there based off of merit, right? 
And we've already named about like four or five people on there, right? So the top four of those guys would make it onto the list, right? Drenner, yeah. Salcido, um, Brownie. I so mean, like, Ryan Brown had six goals last year. He only shot 26%, but he was that's still... That's what kept him off the list. Yeah. That's what kept him off the list. You're, the people who were kept off the list, for some reason or another, either aren't buddy-buddy with you know the best players in the league, or the stats just you just can't put him on there, right? You're talking you're talking about a guy who is arguably the best shooter in the in the world, but he shot 26 percent and didn't have double digit goals in a season where he should have had double digit goals. Right. With a partner with an attack partner in Rob Pinnell who can set up the best time and room shooter in the world. And you're telling me he can't have more than 10 goals? That's what kept him off the list. The, yeah. You have Drenner left off the list, which I think is absurd. Um, and then I think another guy that, you know, from your, your Chrome team, Dom, that got snubbed completely. Jesse King was a baller last season, and he's not on this list? Yeah. I mean... The league's rigged, right? He came in year one. (laughs) He he came in year one and put up the numbers he did for this Chrome team that was a damn good team. You know, he had 10 points. He had eight goals, two assists. He shot 30%. If you're not buddy-buddy with the best players in the league whose opinions are taken more serious than the others, it's the only reason Tucker Durkin's top 25, for God's sake. Yeah. That's stupid. I'll give you another oh, cool. guy that got snubbed. The only reason Paul Rabel's still on here. Another guy if that Paul got Rabel snubbed. Paul Rabel doesn't get voted. Whoever didn't vote Paul Rabel in their ballot got fired, probably. <laughs> and this probably. is why Paul won't come on the pod. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, Paul hates us. Paul absolutely <laughs> hates dude. us, no doubt. Another guy from Chrome that got snubbed. Reese Eddy got snubbed to the nines. He was man was a, was a dog beast at LSM year. from. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's a that's another thing about an LSM. The recognition just isn't there. Yep. You gotta be. You gotta. You gotta. As an LSM, like if you're if you're a more defensive LSM, all you do is get ground balls and and, and work on the clears and 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 you know play your mark. It's not you have to add to to get to that upper echelon of an LSM. You have to both be good offensively and defensively. You're a midfielder. You need to score goals. You need to get assists. You need to show something statistically on the offensive end, in my opinion, to be considered one of the best at LSM. You don't want to put too many LSMs on your list, right? Because you have so many short stick mids. You've got poles. You've got you've got attackmen that you need to put on your list. So. A place in the top 50 for an LSM is a very coveted spot, right? So you've got guys like Jesse Bernhardt who's on there, and that's probably why he's so low. Earhart's up there. He deservedly gets a top five spot because he gets assists. He gets goals. He gets ground balls. He does everything. He's a utility man and is used heavily in his system. The reason why he's a top player, right? Reese Eddie's well. Reese Eddie played well. But is he a Scotty Ratliff? 
is, is he is he a, is he a Bernhardt? Is he a is he an Earhart? Yeah. You're we're already talking three oh, LSMs that are on the top fifty list. I don't know. That's just that's just my thought. Who's somebody that you want to see come over that wasn't in the MLL, wasn't in the PLL, that you think would be able to thrive with the PLL rules one way or another? So like, are we talking college or are we talking straight from the NLL? Like, Anywhere. I mean, you can't. You just have to say to Hoka every time because that man adapts to anything. He's a generational lacrosse player. Give me Chase Frazier in the PLL. Hold on, hold on. I got one. I got, I got, a, I got a good one. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, you you want to say one. Uh, everybody wants to see Sowers. Yeah, Pat which Spencer. is obviously going to happen. Yeah, that's better. I want in the league, right? Um, Colin Heacock would be a baller in this league. Um, Nakai Montgomery. Yes. Needs to be in the PLL. I mean, a guy we haven't even brought up from. He's like the second coming of Kyle Harrison. And he played at Duke. He fits right into Chrome. Guy we haven't even (laughs) brought up that's going to be in the Cannons expansion draft of dispersing their roster, the MLL MVP, uh, Bryce Wasserman. Oh. Oh my God. You've got some ballers. You know, there's a number of guys. Yeah. I would love to see Chase take the field, though. I think he his speed plays i think it'll play well his box background uh definitely helps and i you know he's a he's a certified baller plus friend of the show as as many friends of the show that we can get playing in the league the better exactly i agree get our friends on speaking of friends of the show i gotta take care of some uh my final paper but true we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up uh Leagues merged. The leagues merged. Something Insane. that we never we called it. We, we no, called we it. Called it was it. it was one of those things where we wouldn't believe I, it until we saw it, and now we're it. seeing it. I told everyone, I'm not living. I'm not letting anybody live that down. I said it. Kyle said yeah. it. Don't don't be so modest, Kyle. <laughs> it's on the record. It's on the record. We said it. We said, will the leagues merge? Maybe not. But it would be cooler if they did. Facts. It's on multiple episodes on our podcast multiple. feed. This is, a, Which, this, is, this is a hill we were willing to die on, and we didn't die. <laughs> exactly. We planted our flag firmly, and uh, now we've got both leagues coming together. It's better for the sport, and uh, we want to hear from you guys. So make sure you guys are subscribed on Apple Podcasts. Drop a five-star rating and review. Let us know how you feel about the merger how you feel about the top 50 list for the PLL and uh, drop your takes, who you want to see playing in the league, your thoughts on a potential, you know, rebrand for lack of a better term for the cannons being cannons lacrosse club. Now 
and everything in between. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And, uh, you know, let's get back to five out of five overall on our Apple podcast feed. Uh, so drop those five-star ratings and reviews. You can check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. And uh, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at OTBLaxPod. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Follow Dom at Wash Lifestyle. Follow Harrison at HarryGK83. Uh, website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. Harrison did a write-up about the merger. It's up there. Good old fashioned, uh, you know, Jeff Probst and Paul Rabel. They love a good merger. And, oh, uh, you, know, you know what else? I think uh, I like this idea, like what we just did. Just riffing. No, uh, that obviously, but yeah, streaming this on Twitch. Yeah. Yo, follow my Twitch. I mean, I'm going to be on the show more. I promise, guys. I promise. Now that there's stuff to talk about. You know, we're yeah, all gonna. There, there hasn't been shit to talk hey, about. It's been one, a dead period. Once I get that PS5, I'm gonna start streaming uh, a bit too. So watch out for hey. more FIFA content over here too. Yeah, bro. Follow the Twitch. I'm going. Whenever we record, we'll put it out. It'll be on the Twitch as well, right? You can catch it live, or if you miss it live, you can catch it like you always do, right? Facts. Facts. I like this, bro. I had like, bro. There was like ten people in here at one point. Just chatting. People saw we were talking about lacrosse. Do it. Go follow Underground Sports PHI on Twitch too. Facts. Keep our followers going up, and uh, we should have another episode, interview episode next week. I think with the homie Joe Keegan, since he's a published author now. Uh, I'm going to talk to him about his book, uh, The Untold Stories from the Championship Series, PLL Island. Um, Go support the homie. Go buy his book. He's a published author. He supports the show. He said the name in the 10-man ride. And, he follows uh, me. <laughs> he's he's the GOAT. So going to try to get Joe Keegs on next week. And then uh, pretty soon we're going to have NLL team previews yes. leading up Earth. to the NLL season. So lacrosse is back. We're back. We're, we're back, so, baby. We're so back. It's not like we ever left, but we're yeah, so we- back. Kyle's out here shining. I see, I see you with the slight little flex. You got the little, you got the little chain on. No, my man's shining. You got the matching Holland watch. Is my hobby. Like, yeah, show it, show it, show it all. Oh, look at, you look know? at the. Got my Miles Jones chain on. Wristband on too. Like, oh my god. Got my Miles Jones chain on. Yeah. Uh, also, I got, I, I'll tell you off pod dom because it's gonna be hilarious but uh this has been episode 149 of the outside <laughs> the box podcast brought to you by underground sports philadelphia shout out to the sponsors tomahawk shades and manscaped both websites same promo code usp at tomahawk shades gets you 25 percent off at manscaped it gets you 20 percent off and free shipping catch you guys yeah. next week peace